Welcome to What Did We Just Read? I'm Justin, and every week my best friend Mai and I try to push the other out of their genre comfort zone. This week we read Norwegian Wood by Haruki Murakami, a coming-of-age story full of nostalgia that captures the essence of a young man's hopeless first love and the struggles of coping with the tragic loss of someone close to you. This book had some heavy themes, so I am going to give you guys a trigger warning for talk of suicide and sexual assault. And now that we've taken care of that, let's take a stroll down memory lane for some of our best and worst memories. We hope you enjoyed this episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to What Did We Just Read? I am your favorite host, Justin. Favorite? Well, you're my favorite host. Source? What's the source for that statistic? Oh, me. I'm the source. You can't be the source for your own. Why not? Because, one, you just can't be your own source. Two. Says who? If it's your opinion, why isn't it me? Why am I not your favorite (laughs) host? You're my favorite host. I literally just said you were my favorite host. Listen back. I will listen back next week everyone, when the episode Everyone comes in out. the comments, I want you to <laughs> shit on Maya. Why are you? For thinking that I wouldn't say that she's my favorite host when she knows damn well. Why would you do? You didn't. Now you're going to like. Did. Can't wait to try and <laughs> I'm going to super ep- cut it in. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly what I was saying is you're going to super cut it in. That's not true at all. I really did say you were my favorite host. Listen back. Yeah, I will listen back when I get. Well, next week when I finish. O- it, yeah. yeah, the audio next when I get <laughs> when I get the audio at eight a.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what it is. You already know what it is. I already know what it is, and it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> What's up? Um, I'm having a bad week. Oh well, <laughs> you hate to see it. My mental health is just not not awesome. On the plus side, we got a new back door. So that's awesome. It looks nice. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. We had French doors uh to our patio in our backyard. Except yeah. that our backyard the our backyard is actually where uh, storm winds come. So the nice. French doors were bowed in. Sometimes they would <laughs> let in water. Oh, they weren't well. it wasn't sealed, and so sometimes the room that I'm in would just get real hot yeah because it's a million degrees outside and so we got a sliding door today and it's honestly i really miss my blinds that were in my 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 door my but this is nice (laughs) i see so much i can see so much backyard right now yeah look at that dude standing back there hey hey (laughs) yo legitimately our curtains don't i should have ordered them beforehand but i ordered a because the old doors, the French doors, had inset blinds inside the door. Yeah. And so I would just close them at night, and then I would open them in the morning so that I could get light and Doc could see outside. This door, it was going to be, this door cost us like $2,000, and it was going to be like another 1000 to 1500 to get inset blinds on the patio door, on the sliding door. Yikes. So I said no thanks to that. Yeah, big yikes. So I have to get curtains, and I ordered them yesterday, and they won't arrive until, I don't know, like next, like middle of next week. So I might not spend a lot of time in the den at nighttime because just the idea of looking <laughs> outside at night and seeing a shape of a per it scares Into the, the darkness. Shit out of me. <laughs> That's fair. I, I respect that decision a thousand percent. But it feels... Pretty awesome in here. Also, I got uh, 
I've been wanting an Ingo table from Ikea because my vibe Mm -hmm. and my den is like light wood, white, and the table we had was our old kitchen table, which is dark brown and black. Not the vibe in the den. Not the vibe. Dominic went to Ikea because he was out of town, and he was at Ikea, and he's like, every time I go to Ikea, you're always like, damn it, why didn't you get me this table? So he's like, do you want the table? And I was like, hell yeah. So Hell yeah, I want that table. I got the table. Goddamn beautiful. I can also see that. It looks nice. Yeah. I need to paint the chairs that are there now. I was going to replace them, but I think Manny mm-hmm. would probably kill me if I bought more furniture that like we quote unquote don't need because we hey. already have a table. Hey, but now that you said that, we have it on record. So if you mysteriously go missing, yeah, Manny probably killed you. Yeah. Especially if I have, if it's like, oh, wow, like the crime scene is like nice <laughs> new chairs. <laughs> yeah. If you post on Instagram that you got new chairs and then you mysteriously go missing. <laughs> yeah. We can safely assume it was Manny. Yeah. So I, I'm going to spray paint the chairs I have now, which are a darker wood and black metal. So I'm going to spray paint yeah. the metal white and then I'm probably going to try and sand a dar- down. A darker black. And I'm going <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna sand down the seats because lo- I looked on the bottom of the chairs and it looked like the bottom of the chairs is like a nice light wood. So I'm gonna try and see how much I can sand them down mm-hmm. and try and get more of that uh, nice lighter wood. But we'll see. DIY, DIY. But other DIY. than that, my my brain is a mess right now. So that's fair. My brain's also a mess. I low key have a headache, but that's really the only mess. I'm doing phenomenal this week, actually. <laughs> What's going on with you? Give me some joy, man. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just happy this week. Uh, last weekend, I went to, well, the weekend that just passed, I went to the last MechaCon. So, that I mean, that was kind of sad. But I had a great time. I rented a, a hotel room for uh, the weekend. Uh, I got to hang out with Kristoff and Kaylin and Panda and all them. Yeah. Uh, we got to just nerd out and be geeks and stuff. It was awesome. I love that for you. Oh, you, you might hear some noise as I shuffle you could just cut it out you're editing is that a I gun, a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> justin I just bought... pulled out like the biggest like the gun what is what what is that from <laughs> it's a gun from uh, a video game called destiny and i bought it at MechaCon, and it made me happy it's massive. <laughs> it's it's a lot large. It looks a lot larger on camera because I don't have a good angle, but it's pretty massive. I mean, is it bigger than your head? Uh, absolutely fucking bigger than your goddamn head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll post a picture on the Instagram of the gun next to my head. Oh, I can post scale. picture of my table. Oh, I also got a yeah, I also got a keyboard tray. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, an undermount like keyboard tray very excited about this it looks very nice you can't even see it i saw you sent us a picture how dare you you've never seen anything but now if doc doc hops up on my desk like there's a lot less chaos that he can do so actually yeah, i might yeah. put his cat maybe i should put his cat bed on my desk again because i just put it like right in the middle yeah you just put it directly in i'm front gonna of do you. that i'm doing it right now okay God, it's all the way in the back of the room. I thought I could like reach. Yeah. I'm gonna. This is like a take my headphones off kind of situation. It's okay. We can just cut it out. It's fine. No, we have to keep the whole silence in the whole time. I'm just kidding. Oh, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just you shuffling it. I'm gonna. Okay, from the moment I said you're gonna hear shuffling, I'm just gonna keep that in. <laughs> uh, does your mom listen to the podcast? 
or your like nephews or your like siblings? I try to force I try to force them to listen to it. Oh, so I shouldn't mention that you just vaped. Wow. <laughs> and look, uh, <laughs> another thing, another thing for this uh this week, I had a fucking I'm going to take off my headphones so I'm not going to be able to hear you for a second. I had a really good hair day today. Look look at this. Damn, that boy looking smooth. Look at him. My co-host cute as fuck. I had a Oh, thank you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> my uh yeah, I had a really good hair day today. It, I mean, it looks it it look, doesn't look as good now as it did earlier this morning, like when I was fresh out the shower. But goddamn, you look great, man. I like did my hair this morning. I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Damn, Justin, <laughs> so you out here looking cute as hell." My hair is probably about an inch now, too long. Yeah, too long. Oh, uh, that's too long for you. Yep, I have a haircut uh, long, on Wednesday. How long I, is my hair? I've decided that like since I cut it short, I've decided that like it's gotten to a point where I'm like, this is too long, short hair. That's fair. I respect yeah. it. But I mean, I guess I've had a good like serotonin because I got things week, but work stressing me out. That's mostly it. It's mostly just work. <laughs> <laughs> that's mostly it. Just work. Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. I get that. That's where most of my stress comes from, I feel. It's been a bad hockey. I mean, hockey, you know, the draft, like they started the draft with Seattle doing their expansion draft where they got to take a player from each team. And yeah. so then after Which that. Busted, by the way. Well, they get to they get to like reserve people like they can say like like if it was like well i mean if the nfl did a draft they could be like like the saints could be like we're gonna reserve like you're not allowed to take these couple players no you can take whoever you want fuck it it's a free-for-all it's not (laughs) but then trigger warning sexual assault then a teen there's a dude who's he's like 18 and he took Mm -hmm. a picture of girl giving him a blowjob and then sent it around to his team yikes and so then that came out and well she pressed charges against him obviously because as she should and yeah fair enough you know he was like she's trying to ruin my life i'm not sure why she's doing this she's the worst and then everybody was like hey that's because you did a crime bad person you, and so then you initiated this yeah so then he was like okay i did a bad thing i'm sorry i don't think i've earned uh the right to be drafted i'm gonna try and like i would i would ask teams not to draft me he got drafted. There's 32 teams in the NHL. He got drafted 31 overall by the Montreal Canadiens, the Habs, and it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's. You also people who are like, "Wow, can't believe we just showed women that like hockey's not like you know." There's a romance writer who writes, yeah, uh, gay hockey romances, and she's like, "I've been a Habs fan since I was a little girl." And now I got to pick a new team because I don't want to support them. Kind of shitty. Yeah. But then you have people who are like, oh, so it's supposed to like, you're supposed to like ruin people's lives forever. And it's just like, not being an NHL player is not having your life ruined. Yeah. Like you can go get a job at like, I guess. Uh, anywhere. It, really. Anywhere. But no, you don't get yeah. to be a fucking hockey. It's not life ruining. Oh, I don't get to play hockey. Oh, oh, I, oh, I don't get to make millions of dollars a year. I don't get to make millions of dollars a year because... I, I I sent this this girl giving yeah. me a BJ to multiple people and grow up. The funny thing is, I, it was like some interview. I'm not sure if it was with their general manager or like their coach or something. But you know, they were using a press conference about their draft, and someone asked them the question that was like, you know, this guy said that he hadn't earned the right to be in the NHL after he did this crime. Uh, why do you guys disagree with his decision? And the dude was silent for like 20 straight seconds. Oh no, God. it took him a very long time. Like someone was like, I 
had to like rewind because I thought that my TV had frozen. <laughs> and some like people in the I went to like their subreddit and people were like, oh, you know, he's just probably annoyed because that was like the third time he'd been asked that question or similar. And someone else was like, yeah, when you fucking draft a sex pest, that is that is the consequence of that. You should be prepared to have to answer that question a lot. Your players are yeah. going to have to answer that question a lot. You don't get to yeah. just say, why do you guys keep asking me about this horrible decision I just made? Why are <laughs> you only focused a, on the bad decision? <laughs> it's not a one-off, bro. You're going to have to continuously answer this question. Yeah, you don't get to just like sign out and be like, already answered it. It's like, answer it again. It tell us tell us more. Tell us elaborate. one more time about why you uh, drafted a sex pest who specifically asked not to be drafted because he's a sex pest. And this is <laughs> like... It's just them with the mics like, go on. Yeah. Go on. And apparently they've already had, like, I don't know, apparently they've had, like, this, whoever, like, their general manager is or something has, like, already had issues. But it's just been a mess. And I was like, damn, this is, like, a bad week <laughs> oh, no. to get into hockey. A bad week or an exciting week? I don't, I don't want the excitement of sex pests. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> so far, the Kraken have not let me down. The Kraken are still kicking. Let's go. I, I, as I said before, I literally know zero about the NHL. I'm just getting into it. I, most of, okay, I'm not going to say most. All of what I know about oh, hockey God. <laughs> probably comes from gay, from gay hockey. hockey releases. Um, I want to say like. I mean, I assume they're pretty valid and accurate, so. They, yeah, they are. I, I'm actually gonna say uh, who the who the writer is, who's like written some of my favorite books, because she's actually I think so. I read a book that was like really popular, and yeah. it I didn't read it for a really long time because I was like this is really popular. I don't want to read it and then be disappointed, mm-hmm. and be like, damn, why does everybody like this book that sucks? And so I finally read it. <laughs> book sucks. I finally read it, and I was like, oh my god, this book is awesome. Like, super glad that I read this book. And I was like, what else has she written? Because I love me some gay hockey. And it turns out that she wrote the first (laughs) gay hockey romance that I probably ever read. (laughs) So I was, like, even more confused about why I was avoiding. You did it. Uh, Rachel Reed, guys. So if you want some good good, uh, hockey, gay hockey romances. Why did you just pull your gun up? Justin just while, while you were ta- while you were talking, I was taking a selfie. Uh, Rachel Reed, her Game Changers books are like really good, and I've heard some complaints from people where they were like, some hockey romances. Like you can tell that the writer is just writing hockey romance because hockey's a good sport to write. I don't know something about hockey like translates really well to the written something page. about dudes beating the shit out of each other. But someone was like, you know, some writers just you can tell that they don't actually know anything about hockey. But Rachel Reed has been. A hockey fan since she was a little girl. So she knows it all. He's not going to lead you astray. <laughs> and then they took the giant sticks and hit the massive York peppermint patty at each other. <laughs> <laughs> the giant York peppermint patty? Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Is that not accurate? Is that what not they call it? No. Do you know? I've never played hockey a day in my life. Do you know what a hat trick is? Uh, that's when they get three goals at one time. I think it's three. I think it's three of anything. Like, oh, let's go. Maybe I don't know. I think they. Pick, I think they mostly do like the actual. Like fans will actually throw hats onto the, <laughs> onto the onto the rink if they get. That's got to be dangerous, goals. right? 
They have someone go around <laughs> to pick them up. Not quick enough. Yes, they stop. <laughs> they stop. No, they don't. They continue to play. As ah, just over the stuff. hats. <laughs> He's just got to watch out for his fingers. There's a tiny child just running out and just like, oh, God, I got to get the- Oh, God. <laughs> it's like that. They keep him under the rink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little troll. But, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm jazzed. I'm excited. Maybe I should add one of the Game Changers books to our thing. <gasps> okay, actually, we can't start with that one. Never mind. She has a book that's coming out in like two weeks. Maybe I should add it to the list. I mean, yeah. Why not? Go for it. Okay. Well, damn it. That means that I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that your ultimate struggle? You're always like, I want to put this on the list, but that means I can't read <laughs> I, it for I, like two I months. Might have read it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like I just gotta start like reading shit and then just start taking notes. Like as I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna just take my notes. Now. Oh, that's good. Like read ahead. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready to jump into Norwegian yeah. Wood? What are, What are your first yeah. impressions of Norwegian Wood by Haruki Murakami? Oh God, um, I didn't expect it to be as uh, dark as it was. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Uh, yeah, but I didn't expect it to turn out as dark as it did. Not like, not dark. It's just there were some heavy themes in it that I didn't expect on the initial read through. I just also before we get into it, trigger warning. <laughs> there's we're gonna talk about suicide and stuff. Oh yes, there's yeah. You, I mean, it's probably in the the show the the business at the top yeah but i thought i would do it here also just just in case so yeah if you came here and you're like well i want to hear the banter well now (laughs) (laughs) you heard the banter now you can leave yep that's it i struggled with this one but not for the same reasons i struggled with after dark Mm -hmm. i think haruki murakami fell maybe look i don't want to say because i think you know he's Obviously Japanese. I'm pretty sure all his books that we're reading are translated. Yeah, yeah. Beautifully written. Too much prose. Once again. It's too much prose. Like, it's just like prose upon prose upon prose upon prose that I just got to a point where I just started, like, skimming because it's like there's not anything happening. Yeah. I uh, This book was only 11 chapters, but it was 300 pages. And there was a lot of just like, <laughs> let me describe what's happening right now. Yeah. But like on like a a scale of like meticulous. It was almost like say. stream of consciousness. And a lot of it was just stuff that I didn't feel like actually furthered the plot or yeah. made me invested in like, because sometimes it's stuff that's like, well, I guess like building investment in your characters counts as furthering the plot, but it wasn't really stuff that it, it just didn't feel necessary mm-hmm. it was it was just really dense it was like that's what it that's what it was because like th- i think i really enjoy i can't even say that i enjoyed the dialogue because the dialogue would also be really dense yeah everything was just thick yeah <laughs> everything was thick yeah so i mean we can we can jump into it yeah we can like i'm sure i said in the beginning of this uh we read. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was also gonna say that I had to start. Like, I I could not focus because it was just so much. I did. Re- yeah. I did listen to the audiobook. The audiobook was good. I listened oh, to the audiobook good. at the same time as like my. I don't know if you have the Kindle app on your phone, but I do. If you have an audiobook, mm-hmm. it'll sync to your Kindle and it'll read. It'll like 
scroll across what it's reading at the same time. Yeah. So that yeah. was cool. So I was like listening to it and watching and it, also reading. reading it at the same time. Yep. That's the same thing that happened uh, with Someone Else's Secret. Yeah. I had the audio book, but I also had the Kindle version. And so I would read it, but also listen to it. Yeah. What were you saying that you said in the thing that you haven't recorded yet? <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I'm sure I've said in the intro to this podcast, we read uh, Nor- Norwegian Wood by Haruki Murakami, and that's it. That's the end of the podcast. All right. Good job, guys. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right. No, look. So we start off by uh, meeting Toru uh, Watanabe. 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 That's how they pronounce it in the audiobook. Which could be wrong, but Oh. See, thank you for telling me that. He's on a plane <laughs> he's on a plane to Germany and I think they're landing at this point and the song Norwegian Wood by the Beatles comes on and that triggers a memory for him of way back in the day when he was eighteen, I think. Yeah, it starts when he's eighteen. It's nineteen sixty nine. Hey, nineteen sixty nine. Question. Yeah. Have you maybe entered maybe planes on the other side of the pond are different. Literally <laughs> okay. never been on a plane that played music. Uh, To be honest, yeah, neither have I. Not that I know of, at least. But then again, I always have headphones on or something when I'm flying. But it's maybe. also, I think that like it starts in the, what's 18, what's 18 years after? It's been 20 years, so it's like the, it's 1989. Maybe planes were different back in the day. In which case, let's bring it back. No, no yeah, don't. let's bring it back. Never mind, don't. Why not? Because what if they play shitty music? Like I don't. Yeah, that's true. But I guess they would. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> let's, let's let's leave yeah. that in the past. I'm glad we got let's rid of that. Continue. <laughs> glad we got rid of that. <laughs> um. So it goes back. Yeah, it goes back 18 years, and he's uh remembering walking through a meadow with this girl named. How did they say it in the uh in the audiobook? Naoko. 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 Naoki. Yeah, Naoko. 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 Yes. Naoko. So he's wa- he's walking through a meadow with a girl named Naoko, and he he seems like he's like having trouble remembering what she looks like, mm. but like he's also able to like point out small details randomly. Yeah, which is that's how memory works. Sometimes where you remember like super specific things, like tastes. Like I was sitting in uh, Xavier's cafeteria one day. Mm-hmm. And we were eating something, and I had to stop eating because when I was, like, four, I had surgery. I had, like, a hernia surgery. Yeah. And the pills were way too big for a four-year-old. So my stepmom was, like, they were, like, gel caps. And so she would open them, and she would, like, mix them into my food. Yeah. And normally I couldn't taste it, but this one day she mixed it into my mac and cheese, and I, like, just straight vomited onto the floor. And so we're meeting in the Xavier cafeteria, like, you know, almost 20 years later. And, like, the food just, like, tasted like that. And I had, like, it, like, literally ruined my appetite. Yeah. I I can't remember anything else about that period. But I remember that (laughs) It's just that. It's just that horrible experience. Also, I remember I had to sleep on the couch because I couldn't walk upstairs. And I was sleeping on – and my – she had my brother, Ian, sleep on the floor – uh, underneath me he wasn't there because it was like during the day so he was like off living his life but at nighttime, yeah. her idea was that if i like rolled off the couch <laughs> that i would 
he would catch you. I guess, which is kind of just, crazy. <laughs> just land on his body and wake him up. Yeah. But at least I wouldn't like fall and I guess die alone. <laughs> <laughs> Would die alone. Oh no. But yeah, I I just remember that vividly, that taste. Uh so they're walking through this meadow and they're they're discussing like there's apparently like this well here that no one knows where it is, but people will fall into it and just <laughs> disappear. Bye. Yeah. They're just gone. And they have like a, a conversation about Toru watching over Naoko. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can't do that forever. You're a fool. And he's like, no, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I will do all I can to watch over you forever. And then she's like, well, I don't want you to forget me. And he's like, I won't forget you. But as we see, he's obviously forget- <laughs> forgetting her because he's having trouble low-key remembering what she looks like. And so Toru is writing all of this down, right? Is he? Does it say that? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I think it's like at the end of chapter one. Oh, I can see it now. No, it's the end of chapter one. This this is all his him recounting everything. Yeah, because... Norwegian wood is significant to him and it that's what like so he's like trying to write down because it's, it's probably one of the most vivid memories that he's like had and so he wants to yeah. remember as vividly as he can and that's why he is writing all of this down so that he will not forget it and we'll, we'll talk about that uh when we get towards like the end of the the podcast and stuff but it says that he's tried to uh write down there him and Naoko's story before but he's never found like the right words and the details of the story were too hard for him to like write down i assume yeah this is where we hop back to 1968 which was gonna be his freshman year at a university in tokyo i don't remember the name of it i don't think he actually said okay excellent so toru's (laughs) toru's parents they don't want him to like live in a, a a dorm like like a regular dormitory, so they put him up in a private dorm, yeah, with a roommate. <laughs> and it, I don't know if we get his roommate's name, but they just call him Stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we actually get his uh his 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 actual name, but they call him Stormtrooper because he uh he's like very neat and orderly, and he keeps everything uh in check while. The other, everyone else is just the worst, most disgusting human beings yeah. on the planet. Yeah, they don't, like, f- change <laughs> their sheets often, flip their mattresses, it's laundry. So <laughs> They're just disgusting. They just have, like... There's just shit strewn about everywhere. There's, like, dust clouds. <laughs> it's it's real gross. Yeah, it's disgusting. But Toru is, like I said, living with Stormtrooper, and they keep their room, like spotless stormtrooper keeps their room spotless stormtrooper keeps their room spotless jinx jumped up here immediately yeah she's like i Uh, have to be a part of this (laughs) uh i thought it was funny when they uh when they first like move in together uh toru puts up a a nude photo yeah (laughs) of a pen takes it down yeah and stormtrooper takes it down he's like that's not really my thing and he puts a, a picture of a, a dam up. I can't remember what it was. I, I think it was like a dam. canal in Amsterdam. Yeah, 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 yeah. A canal in Amsterdam. So you were close. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. I was close enough. I was almost there. 
Yeah, so he he puts up a yeah he puts up a, a a picture of a canal in Amsterdam, and everyone is like, "What the fuck is that?" And he's like, yeah. "Sorry, guys, stormtrooper likes to jerk off to this." They're really yeah. mean to stormtrooper. I also said that they just shit on him constantly. I don't understand. So rude. <laughs> so one day Toru is on on a train, and he ends up running into uh, Naoko. Yeah. And at this at this point, I think it's been like a year, maybe or something like that, since they've seen each other. Yeah, it's been a year. They did not go to school together, but Naoko no, yeah, I think she... was the girlfriend of Toru's best friend, Kazuki. Kazuki, yes. Toru says that Kazuki was actually his only friend because Toru seems to be kind of a loner. You know? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> apparently kazuki and naoko were really good friends growing up they like grew up next to each other toru toru said that he he did he didn't remember that when they weren't a couple yeah they they'd known each other they since were, they were literally like, always together they'd literally known each other since they were three years old so she says later that they just kind of like seamlessly made the transition from like really close friends and like their families were super close, so like they easily made that transition yeah. from like really close friends to just a couple when they were in June, like middle school. And he met Kazuki when he got to high school. And we also find out that like it was just like it would just be like the three of them, where it would be like him, the little triad going on. And then sometimes they would uh, invite a fourth person for for Toru, but eventually it just became them three doing stuff. Yeah, they stopped inviting other them people. being a thruple. Yeah. <laughs> they just became a thruple at that point. Because they Toru and Naoko didn't really have much in common, so they didn't talk yeah. often. Like Kazuki was the one keeping their conversations going. He would leave the room and they would kind of just like devolve into silence. Until he came back and then they'd be like, Oh my god, Kazuki. <laughs> yeah. Oh to God. You're back. Thank you. Oh god. And we find out that he hasn't seen Naoko since Kazuki died by suicide. Yes. After after Kazuki took his own life, everything really went downhill. Basically, after that, Toru just saw life with a black filter. Yeah. Just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time for him. And he said part of the reason that he hadn't talked to Naoko was that she seemed mad at him because he, they got out of school one day and Kazuki was like, hey, do you want to go to the pool hall and... He was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's go. And so they went to the pool hall, and he had, like, a completely normal evening playing pool with his best friend. And then he finds yep. out the next day that yeah. Kazuki went home and, like, killed himself. And he said, "Yeah, death exists not as an opposite, but as a part of life. Translated into words, it's a cliche, but at the time, I felt it not as words, but as that knot of air inside me. Death exists in a paperweight, in four red and white balls on a billiard table, and we go on living and breathing it into our lungs like fine dust. Haruki Murakami is gorgeous writer. Phenomenal. Nothing happens in his stories, but gorgeous writer. (laughs) (laughs) Gorgeous writing? Absolutely nothing happens. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so they end up reconnecting uh, after they see each other on the train. They go. F- I I also thought this was um, 
strange. When they are walking around after they get off the train, they're going all which kind of way. Mm-hmm. They're just like walking everywhere. And then they get to one place and Naoko just stops and she's like, where are we at? Yeah. How did we get here? Like he's And I was like, oh no. He's like following her. Like he's like a couple steps behind her. She's just walking. She'll occasionally turn around and she'll say something, but she's like not she's really waiting. Whispering. Yeah, she's like whispering, not really like looking for a response. So sometimes he'll have something to say and sometimes he doesn't, but when he doesn't, she will just turn around and keep walking. And then she just was like, "Where are we?" and he was like, you i was following you (laughs) yeah you brought us here yeah before they part ways she's like oh i would like to see you again and he's like well i don't do anything on sunday so we can totally meet up on sunday and so they yeah they decide to meet up on sunday but it becomes like a like a ritual basically you know Mm -hmm. like they they start hanging out a lot basically every sunday yeah he also makes friends with one of the worst people that exists oh yeah (laughs) yeah uh nagasawa so he spends like you know his sundays with with naoko and then he meets this guy named nagasawa who is first he meets nagasawa because he's reading the great gatsby and nagasawa's like hey i read that book too let's be best friends yeah Nagasawa is, <laughs> That's it. in a few words, a pretentious asshole, douchebag, <laughs> shit stain of a person who thinks he's better than everyone. He he is a shitbag. God, should I not like? I don't want to like. I've already spoiled. It. He sucks. He's a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> he su- Okay, look. He sucks because him and Toru become friends, right? And they end up getting, you know, pretty close. And Nagasawa is like, "Hey, I'm going to go I'm going out this weekend if you want to come." And he's like, "Yeah, sure." He's like, "So they go out." And Nagasawa is just this guy that goes to bars. And just picks up chicks. And takes them to love hotels. He's like, he, he's like the king of one night stands. Yeah. He loves one night stands. He thinks that sex is like, like he's got a reputation for how I I need to find it because. Oh, yeah, that's right. There were several Nagasawa <laughs> legends that circulated through the dorm. According to one, he supposedly once ate three slugs. Another gave him a huge penis and had him sleeping with over 100 <laughs> girls. As we find out, the slug thing is true. Yeah. He did eat three slugs. He's, I mean, he's got, he's average down there. Apparently he's packing. Yeah. Finding out about his penis size was easy enough. I just went to the dorm's communal bath with him. Yeah. He had a big one. All right. <laughs> he's packing. And he says it's closer to like 75 chicks, which, which is like. Still a lot still, for a dude a who's lot. like 20, 21. A dude who's 20, oh, I'm going to just drop this little cherry. He also has a girlfriend. Yes, Hatsumi. <laughs> and, he's a, and he does this like every weekend. Yeah. He just goes out and picks up chicks. And like his, I think his dad is like wealthy, respected. His brothers are 
doctors, wealthy, respected. He is planning, to, he's in law school and he's planning to become like a foreign, uh, emb- like emissary. And he, so like people just like kind of just do what give he him says. Stuff. They just give him stuff, yeah. do what he says. If he's like, hey, do this, they're just, they don't even like question it. They're just like, that's Nagasawa. He's, he's the, he's the tits. <laughs> Nagasawa. He's the tits and he gets the tits. <laughs> like that's like that's it. Toru sees him and sees <laughs> Toru is like yes, he does all these horrible things, but on the other hand, like he does have like parts of himself that are like one I don't know. I didn't see it. All of it was <laughs> shit. <laughs> all of it all of it was bad. And I I I think we find we found out he had the girlfriend when, because uh, because they had been going, they had been doing this for a couple weeks. They mm-hmm. would go out on the on the night and have drinks and pick up girls, but after <laughs> after a couple weeks, Toru starts to feel like a piece of shit mm-hmm. because he realized he he doesn't care about these women and he starts feeling gross with himself. Yeah, <laughs> and he asks Nagasawa if he feels the same way, and Nagasawa says yeah, but he just keeps doing it even though he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. I think Nagasawa might be like a sex addict. I think he might have a problem. He's got a lot of problems. And also he's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he Yeah. Her name her name's Hatsumi. He's been he's been with Hatsumi for three years and she knows that he sleeps around, but she is in love with him. So she just kind of doesn't really say anything <sighs> about it. Yeah. And Nagasawa just feels like above it all where he's like yeah sex is meaningless i just kind of do it because it's a thing to do yeah uh, so it's I, not really like bad that like i'm constantly cheating on my girlfriend <laughs> yeah he's like i just do it because i can basically oh did you see this so they would like pick up girls they would take them to love hotels yeah and uh you know he was talking about how he didn't like sleeping with the girls hated the morning after then the girl would wake up and start groping around for her underwear. And while she was putting on her stocking, she'd say something like, I hope you used one last night. It's the worst day of the month for me. And it's just like, a condom? You don't know if he used a condom? How do you not know if he used a condom? Because they get drunk and they go into these love hotels. I just... I mean, that's the only logical explanation I can see. That was just crazy. You're just like, I hope you... like just Just like casually just like hope use a condom because i might be fertile might be ovulating what (laughs) you might have a kid maybe (laughs) it's like (laughs) toro eventually gets a job at a record store yeah (laughs) and uh this is around the winter at some point Mm -hmm. i think this book takes place uh like over like a i don't know like like a year maybe uh maybe like a year and a half Maybe like a year and a half yet. Because I don't think he sees Naoko until I. He might be nineteen when he first sees Naoko. Yeah, no, no, no. I think he's. I think he's eighteen when he first sees Naoko. Okay, maybe. I don't know. Because they're they're a. If she, he's eighteen, she's nineteen. Because mm-hmm. she's older than him. And we see her turn twenty, and then we see him turn twenty. Yes. So it takes a place of like a year and a half or two years. Yeah, but but he gets a job at a record store. <laughs> and uh after a little while this is during the winter time so stormtrooper comes down with a fever mm-hmm. 
and it's like <laughs> a terrible fever apparently but it only lasts for a night and the next morning stormtrooper's like all right i'm fucking ready to go dude he's like doing his calisthenics in the morning like he always does yeah Uh, and every weekend he's like so Friday, Saturday is like Nagasawa's night most nights, most times. Yeah. And then Sunday is, is when he goes and he hangs out with, with Naoko and they Naoko. walk around and then he'll like go to work and he'll go to his classes and they just start getting like closer. Kind they, of. They, yeah. Yeah. They start getting cl- uh, closer. But when Naoko turns 20. Mm hmm. Toru ends up going to her house. He, like, brings her a cake and stuff. Yeah. And they end up talking for, like, hours and just hanging out, being cool. She ends up talking <laughs> for hours. She ends up talking for hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's it's a she very talks one-sided for like conversation. four hours straight. Four hours straight. And when Toru's like... Wow, look at the time. It's getting crazy late. I don't want to miss the last train. She completely ignores him. Yeah. And just continues to talk for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. And then she just stops and just breaks down. Bursts into tears. Bursts into tears. And, all right, so, okay, this part, I don't know about it. So, Naoko and Toru end up sleeping together mm-hmm. but it's like toru describes it very strangely where he's like i knew she wanted to have sex with me my okay i want to like set the scene so one she's super she's she's super talkative for hours but she's hours. also he, she's talking about like her entire life but he realizes that like something is odd about the way that she's talking and he realizes that she's avoiding talking about kazuki Completely glossing over Kazuki. Yeah, she's trying not to talk about it. And so she'll just kind of like, so like her stories are like meandering because like, you know, she'll get to a part that has Kazuki and so she'll just like jump ahead. And so it, nothing yep. has a rhyme or reason. Time skip. Uh, Naoko, so then she like, sorry to interrupt you. And then she started to cry. Naoko bent forward where she sat on the floor, pressing her palms to the mat. She began to cry with the force of a person Vomiting on all fours. <laughs> so he's comforting her. So he like reaches over. He's like, you know, wrap, yeah. wraps her up in his arms. He's, he's starting to comfort her. And he knows it wasn't the right thing to do, but she started doing that thing where she like was, was like asking him to like physically comfort her. Yeah. And so and he took that to mean with his penis. Well, she was she, I think she was like actively encouraging him to have sex with her. Yeah, probably. So they start taking off their clothes and he realizes when he starts to enter her that she is a virgin. He's very good about oh, it. Like he goes as far as he can the, and he stops yeah, yeah. and like waits for her to like relax and then does that. And then as she seemed to calm down, she orgasms yeah her cry was the saddest sound of orgasm i had ever heard (laughs) oh no and she's they have sex he's like yeah you were with kazuki for basically your entire life why 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 
Why? Why bring it up? It seems like the kind of dumb shit an 18-year-old boy would do. Abs- I said absolutely horrendous idea, Toru. Why would you... Like, like post nut, you're just like, yeah, why didn't? Why you never had sex with Kazuki? Immediately makes her cry again, so he just comforts Immediately her. Immediately she breaks down again. And I think he stays the night with her. Yeah. Uh, he ends up, yeah, he ends up staying the night, and then he leaves in the morning. She doesn't, like, acknowledge him at all in the morning, uh, and he leaves her a note, and he's like, hey, we need, we should, we should talk about this, <laughs> and uh, he leaves, and then a week passes. <laughs> well, they only talk on, they only, their, their routine is, he sits in the lobby of his dorm, waits for her to call on Saturday nights. And then she's like, do you want to hang out? And he's like, yes, tomorrow. Yes. So he's waiting on Saturday for her to, like, call, and she doesn't. It's like, no call for you. Yeah, probably because it was a terrible idea to be like, hey, why would you never have sex with our passed away friend? Oh, yeah, you think that's why she she did it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. So because she doesn't... uh answer him within the week or get back to him within the, <laughs> the week that was a cute little dance you were doing that was, yeah, that was stretching <laughs> <laughs> he ends up uh writing a letter to her and he sends it to her house in kobe because they both grew up in kobe well, he, he, he tries to call her uh first oh yeah no no he goes to um he goes to her apartment and sees that her the name her name is like taken off the door and the manager is like, the, she moved out. The manager's out. like, yeah, she moved out three days ago or something. Yeah. So that's when he writes the letter to Kobe. And <laughs> once again, here we go. Toru is looking at the world through a black lens. He's like, this fucking sucks. This is the worst. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't reply to him. I think they have. They do this after uh, finals in March. Yeah, there's also a, a a student like rebellion happening on campus where Toru is going. The mo- to school. honestly, I'm with Toru that shit was such bullshit. It's so dumb. <laughs> it was so dumb, especially when they get uh when they get like dismantled and then they just go back to class and it's like, all right, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> I guess this is fine. Cause he goes in. Cause they've like they've been camping out inside like the the admin like one of the buildings and so they like they the schools finally after like a couple like a month sends riot police in and the students are honestly taken out pretty peacefully and he goes in there to go to yeah. class and he's like there's no like like the library's intact all the all <laughs> yeah. the professor's offices are intact there's not he's like everything is fine he's like what the fuck were you guys doing in here for the past Month. However long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys fucking suck. You guys don't know how to throw a strike. Yeah. So he's just like, he's just completely over school. Like he can't, he doesn't really see the point. He's still doing it, but he doesn't really see the yeah. point anymore. Yeah. He's he's just, he's just going through the motions at this point. Yeah. And so finally in July, after like two months. He finally gets a letter from Naoko. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's basically like, uh, I decided to take a year off from school. Um, I don't want you to, you know, 
feel bad about my meltdown. I don't want you to think you had anything to do with it. Um, but I'm going to be going to this uh, hospital outside of Kyoto. She says that she's going to a hospital. She spent a couple months at home in Kobe. And after talking to doctors, they decided it was best oh, for her yeah. to go to a hospital. Like a sanatorium. Yeah. It's like a mental hospital, by the way. Yeah. And she tells him that, you know, she's grateful for his friendship and that she needs some time to herself and she'll end up writing him as soon as possible. Yeah. She says she's she she's not ready to see him. It's not that she doesn't want to. She's just like, I'm not in a place she's just where not, it's good for me to see Yeah. Him. I'm not in a, a, the right mindset to meet you. Yeah. Um, and that, that was in July or the beginning of July, I I assume, but towards the end of that (laughs) stormtrooper, it's it's stormtrooper and Toru are basically the only people left on campus at this point Mm -hmm. (laughs) and stormtroopers leaving and he gives Toru a firefly, allegedly a firefly in a jar. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is nice, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Toru just ends up letting it go because he feels like it's on the verge of death. So he's just like, I don't think I should keep it in this uh, yeah, in this jar. And then Stormtrooper, I think, goes home because it's like break. Yeah. And he just doesn't come back. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Stormtrooper doesn't come back. So Toru ends up having a room to himself. But he's kind of sad because he he liked Stormtrooper. He didn't. He liked even even though he continuously shit on him. He liked Stormtrooper. He liked to basically torment Stormtrooper so that he could tell stories about Stormtrooper to Naoko, and they could laugh about Stormtrooper being ridiculous. Yeah, he liked him. That's just what that's what kids do. I don't I don't understand. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> you always want to fight me. This is true. So yeah, Stormtrooper doesn't come back, and Toru ends up meeting a girl named uh, Midori. Yeah. In uh, the a restaurant near campus or something like that. I didn't feel the need to try and say how to pronounce Midori because. Huh. Oh, I said Toru's very nonchalant about everything. Oh yeah. No, I was gonna say I didn't feel the need to. Uh, precise about how to pronounce Midori because I'm pretty sure there's at least one anime that uses the name Midori and I was like he got it yeah <laughs> probably Midori is also an alcohol and I know that from uh working at being a grocery an alcoholic. store and also being an alcoholic <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> I appreciate it everyone that's not true let's put that on record I am not an alcoholic alcoholics go to meetings I'm a drunk <laughs> I was going to say, you're not an alcoholic. You just like to drink a lot, especially when you're sad. Yeah, <laughs> Which is often. Uh, well. <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> they end up meeting because she comes up to him and she's like, why didn't you answer when they called you and roll? And he's just like, eh, I didn't want to. I didn't feel like it. She talks a lot. She does talk a lot. Um, she seems nice though. Yeah, Midori's... there's nothing really wrong with her. She's cool. She's cool people. She's cool people. She's 
an oddball, but in a fun way. Yeah. I just skimmed over a lot of what she said because she just talked. <laughs> just talk a lot. Talk. talk. Uh, she ends up asking to borrow his notes because she missed some class or something. Um, he agrees. He gives her his notes, and she's like, "Let's meet here on Wednesday at noon, and I'll give you your notes back, and it'll be awesome." And he's like, "Sure, why not?" And then guess what? Bitch didn't show up for days. She didn't show up. He didn't see her for days. She wasn't even coming to uh, class. Yeah, she's not coming to class. She didn't meet him at the uh, the designated spot to be meet met up at. And so, what does he do? He goes and he tries to search her up, and he he finds her, and he calls uh, the number that he finds, and it turns out to be a bookstore. And he's like, "Oh, is Midori there?" And they say she's probably at the hospital. And he's like, "And Toru is understand. very confused." Yeah, because this is also the. 60s when they would just put your information like had a news article come out about you they'd be like you know justin who lives at one two three four (laughs) orleans avenue my my entire government out there everything (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) toru nagasawa uh meet up again nagasawa i think nagasawa is also Two grades above yeah. Toru, I think. He's like a junior uh, so, or senior. Yeah. So Nagasawa is like about to get ready for exams, his upper level exams. <laughs> and Nagasawa and Toru, they are talking with each other. And Nagasawa says to Toru that he wants to prove himself as a gentleman. He he, he like that that's something that he um, not I don't want to say idolizes, but something he wants to he strives for to be a gentleman, even though he is constantly, constantly being an adulterer. I hate this man. <laughs> um, <laughs> so also this, like it 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 kept jumping between like here's Nagasawa, here's uh Nagasawa. But also, here's what Midori is doing. Mm-hmm. Or let me talk to you about Midori. She shows up. She just comes to class one day, like a week later. Yeah. But Toru writes a letter to Naoko. And he's like, everything seems so pointless since you left. And he ends up telling her about everything that went on in the summer. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> while while he's doing that, yeah, Midori comes in. And she, like, gives him his notebook. And she asked, it's, it's, she wrote a letter to him asking him if he was like mad about Wednesday. And he's like, no, I guess not. And then while that's happening, two like protesters come into this classroom and basically just tell the professor, like, hey, we're about to talk to them real quick. And he's like, all right. Yeah. And he just leaves. Professor. He just dips out. What I thought was funny was the professor was. They come in, and the teacher, like, he's not even standing. He's sitting down, and he stands up. He's <laughs> yeah. like, whatever, and stands up, and just, like, he's got a cane and just limps out the room. He just dips out. That's a man who so, just doesn't care. He doesn't care. care. <laughs> he just doesn't care. 
So after Midori and Toru run out of the fucking they don't even, classroom, yeah. not not really run, they kind of just mosey on out. Yeah, the guy, the guy gets up there, and Midori's like, "Do you want to get out of here?" And Toru's like, "Yes." And the guy like tries to say something to them, and they just keep going. Yeah, they just don't acknowledge him at all. And, go, and they end up going uh, get lunch, and Toru tells uh, Midori that he tried to call her house, and he got the bookstore. And and she's like, she's like, how'd you get my number? And he's like, I looked it up in the student office. Anybody can do that. And I was like, yeah, bitch, it's the 60s. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares about safety. Safety, privacy, none of it. Fuck it. And she's like, I don't want to say why I was at the hospital. Yeah. And he's like, oh. I'm... But she's like, I'll tell you next time we hang out. Though. He's like, it's cool if you also don't want to tell me I'm not crying. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'll tell you. <laughs> And he's like, oh, all right, I guess. Uh, so they go on a walk, and they notice, like, this giant cloud of smoke mm-hmm. coming from the high school that uh, Midori used to go to. And she's like... It's not a high school. It's one of the stores near her, like, house. That's how much, like, just insane information that everything just started, like, bleeding together. <laughs> are you sure it's not her high school yeah it's one of the stores it's like a few blocks away from the bookshop they she lives above the family the bookshop that they own with her sister no that that was before i mean that was after this this is the one where they're 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 burning the the, the pads and stuff oh because they're at the they're at the all-girls school and she's like do you know what that what that uh i have nothing else smoke to say is? <laughs> i'll be back when it's time to read the the social media stuff. I have nothing else. To I, say. Can't believe it. <laughs> I can't. And she's gone. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so Midori goes into. She tells Toru basically like she she wasn't as wealthy as the other girls that went to her uh her high school because her parents owned a bookstore and she said that. They they were well off, but they didn't have like money for extra stuff. You know what I mean? While the other girls in her uh, her school were like be- being driven to like school it by chauffeurs and shit like that. Midori tells Toru that they can hang out uh, on Sunday because the Sundays are free now because Naoko is gone, off getting help. So she draws him a map of her house. And then gives it to, which is impressive. You can just like draw. Can you draw a map to your home? Uh, probably. I want to see it. It's not that hard. I want to see it. Well, where I want to see it. Where do you, where do you want to draw a map from? I'm, I just mean on a. I just mean on a blank sheet of paper. Yeah, I could probably. I I think I know streets that I travel from places. Like if you're saying like interesting it depends on where it's coming like I, I, if it was just like i don't know i'll just pick a random place probably yeah that's good i'm glad i might start off on like a main thoroughfare like get to you know napoleon or get to claiborne <laughs> <laughs> uh so sunday rolls around <laughs> And Toru goes to Midori's house. He gets her daffodils. That's nice. He gets he buys some uh, flowers. He's a gentleman. 
He's a, no, well, he's a, well, all right. He's kind of a gentleman. Hey, spoiler alert. He's been nothing. He, he <laughs> fucked that virgin so nicely. Oh, yeah, that one thing he did, except for the other, like, eight girls that he's just look, banging on the weekend. I'm not saying, look, he's only a bad person for sleeping with eight girls because he feels bad about it. Because mm-hmm. it makes him feel empty inside, and you shouldn't do things that make you feel empty inside. I'm not saying, like. Oh, yeah, makes sense. Nagasawa was a piece of shit because he doesn't care about people. <laughs> but I don't. And I don't, he's got a girlfriend. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with, like, sleeping with a bunch of people because, like, you know, you do you. It makes him feel empty inside, so he's not being nice to himself. I'm never nice to myself. Well, stop fucking all those people. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we leave off? Oh, he, 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 he gives her daffodil. He gets daffodils. He goes to her book, her book, uh, bookstore slash house, and she's cooking lunch for him. Yeah. And she knows how to cook his his region food, like it, with his region spices. He's like, oh, this feels like home. And she's like, I have a cookbook. That's how I learned how to cook. Yeah. And she 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 has the cookbook because her parents never cooked. <laughs> and they would always order it. takeout. And she's just, just like, I'm fucking sick of this takeout. I'm going to buy the best materials I can and this cookbook. And I'm going to fucking, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cook for us. Yeah, so she started, like, she would use her, allow- her parents were like, no, our shitty pots and pans and knives are good enough. So she They're started, good enough. She started saving up her allowance to buy nicer pots and pans and knives. Yeah. And spices, probably. <laughs> and Midori ends up telling Toru that her mom died a couple years earlier, um... From a brain tumor. She says her dad uh, basically just fucked off. Went to Uruguay randomly. Just, yeah. Fucking why not? And her sister's still around, but her sister's also got a fiance. And her sister's like, I would, I, I hate this store. I hate our dad. I'm mad our mom died. You're cool, but I don't want to be. <laughs> You're <apartment>. cool. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And You're fuck cool. You. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, she says she wasn't sad when her mom uh, died. Uh, she said it was a relief, really, because she got to take over the family budget and she could buy whatever she wanted. But yeah. also, her mom wasn't suffering anymore. So Yeah, because her mom had a brain tumor for like two years. So brain tumors are, I've heard that like brain, I mean, I think all cancer is rough, but I've heard that brain tumors yeah. are like pretty bad because like, brain tumors don't just affect like your physical body but they also affect like your you mentally like sometimes people get brain tumors and just become like Mm -hmm. completely different people yeah which is (sighs) that's rough the rough this is when we see that one of the buildings nearby her apartment is on fire (laughs) it's on fire so they go to the roof to go watch the efforts of the firefighters and police to put this fire out and they kiss Yay. But she has a boyfriend. And Yay. <laughs> he does not know how to explain his relationship to Naoko. So he basically just tells people that like he has a girlfriend and it's really complicated. Yeah. And so they decide that they're just gonna like 
stay friends. They like like each other as friends, but she's got like a shit boyfriend. He's got a complicated relationship. But they still want to hang out. Yeah. Because they're just friends now. So they're still going to hang out on Sundays because Naoko is off getting help. Yeah. It's basically just more of Toru being sad. Uh, <laughs> Midori does, isn't in class again. Yeah. He, he ends up eating lunch alone. Uh, and then he, Nagasawa's like, hey, time to go troll for some poon. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And it's great. And um, it's great. It it, yeah. Uh, they actually they don't pick up any women. It <laughs> it's a terrible night for them. Uh, yeah. When eleven thirty rolled around, Nagasawa was ready to give up. Sorry, I dragged you for no- around for nothing. He said, "No problem." I said, "It was worth it to me just to see you have your off day sometime too." Which I thought was great. That's right. He can't be. He can't bat a hundred all the time. Yeah. So because they strike out, Nagasawa was like, "Ugh, I guess if I can't fuck any strangers, <laughs> I'll just go back to my girlfriend." I'll go to my girlfriend's house. I guess. Ugh. Boo. But this is the worst. <laughs> yeah. This is the worst. <laughs> Nagasawa, stop it. Yeah, but because they they checked out of the dorm overnight. Uh, yeah, they got he, the overnight pass, he, I think. He, he can't go back. He can't just go back to the dorm and be like, oh, I decided to come. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I decided to come back here. So he ends up going to the movies. Uh, he goes to see The Graduate. Didn't we talk about The Graduate on one of the podcasts? We literally talked about The po- the Graduate the last <laughs> oh, <do> we- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Maybe he just likes this movie. I don't know. <laughs> we talked about the graduate. No, we well we brought up the graduate. Oh, we we made the connection. We, we made, made the, the connection to the graduate right. because we were talking about that other movie, and you were like, "Oh, is that like that movie where they just like leave the <laughs> oh, wedding?" Yeah. And I was like, "That's the graduate." And then we talked about the graduate. Then we talked about the graduate. That's so I right. did like having that come back up. <laughs> Full circle. You love it. Um. So he watches he watches it twice and then he ends up going to a coffee house where he's just chilling reading a book and then these two girls get seated next to him and one of them goes to the bathroom and a friend is like, "Hey, where can we get a drink right now?" And he's like, "It's fucking 5 o'clock in the morning." Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, "Well, most people are going home by now, so you could probably get something and just go sit somewhere and drink." Yeah. And she's like, well, we're two women, so why don't you come with us? Yeah. So basically, Strange man, you're asking. Basically, the two of them, one of them has just, she walked in on her boyfriend sleeping with someone else. Yeah. And so they've been out all night trying to, like, make her less sad. Uh, as with a lot of things, they're, like, described as, like, it's basically an ugly one and a pretty one. Yeah, he 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 describes them as the big one and the thin one, I think. Yeah. Or the small one, the big one and the small one. And it's just like, god damn it. You can give them names or something. Yeah. I think yeah, I think he tells them like they just get like a drink from like a vending machine cuz Japan is Yeah, super they cool. just end up getting some vending machines and stuff. And they go and just drink a bunch. Yeah. And then the big one has to catch her train. The big one the big one gets on her train and 
Toru takes the other one to a hotel and they end up having sex. Yeah. Hold on. As her, oh, as, what are you her, say? as her orgasm approached, she called out another man's name exactly 16 times. I concentrated on yeah. counting them as a way to delay my own orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> you hate 16 times. That's a you lot. You hate to see it. That's a lot. You actually hate to see it. Uh, <laughs> so he wakes up the next morning feeling like shit. Yeah. <laughs> He uh he tries to get in touch with Midori, but she doesn't answer. So he ends up just going back to his, his dorm. And there's a letter from Naoko. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, it's a seven-page letter. It's so long. It's a lot. So she tells him that she's been in the, the sanatorium in the mountains. For like four months at this point, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been thinking about him a lot, and she she feels like she treated him unfairly. She 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 thinks that she's hurt both of them, and that the therapy that she's been getting is helping her see clearer. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. <laughs> um she tells him about the the sanatorium which we find out is called the Ami Hostel. Mm-hmm. Um it's in the mountains. The patients are encouraged to go into nature, does a whole bunch of activities and stuff. She says that the it's like they they do like all these activities, but the staff is also involved in these activities, so it's hard to like differentiate the staff and the the patients. Yeah. Um. Okay. Critique of the book. This yeah. was the shortest chapter in the book, and this chapter was it was just him reading a letter from Naoko. Yep. Part of the problem with having chapters that are just so goddamn long. Oh my god. Is that you can't stay involved. Because I was yeah. trying to take notes and like my notes for each chapter was just getting like I I would have like an entire like paragraph of yeah. just notes because <laughs> the chapters are so long. Yeah. The chapter after this Chapter six was the longest chapter, and it was 77 pages long. Yeah. This had that same it's issue. It's so fucking long. It had the same issue that, like, the silent patient had, where it just, like, how am I supposed to? I just wanted it to be over. I didn't want to be in yeah. chapter six anymore. <laughs> yeah. It literally, they're, they're like, we're going to give you every possible detail and you're gonna read this entire seven page letter and i think that that would be fine i think that would be fine if there were like but i didn't know where to take a break and so like it was hard for me to like stop because Mm -hmm. like sometimes i just be like well i just i guess i just have to stop here because i don't know how long chapter six is going to be 
and it's already yeah. been so long. <laughs> it just kept going. Chapter six starts on page ninety, I think, and then it ends on page one sixty seven. So by the time I got to like page one twenty, I'm like, oh, so it's not ending. Yeah, it's just gonna keep going. It's just forever. Okay. Excellent. You love to see it. So the pacing was just really bad. Because I think that like yeah, chapters yeah, yeah. like should like I mean I don't want to say that, like if you're gonna not use chap like this is not the kind of book that like would not have benefited from chapters. Like I don't know if you ever read yeah. The Road by uh Cormac. I read I read The Road so long ago. But you remember I'm the, talking about when I was in like school. But you but you know, the road was just like no chapters. It was honestly just like stream of consciousness type writing. Yeah. And it fit the theme because it, they were on this journey. This is not the kind of book where like no yeah. not <laughs> yeah. having chapters is like a good theme. I he uh, there was 11 chapters in this book. We could have had more if you would have just split it up <laughs> into like different chapters. God, it could have split it up into like I would have like seeing 30 chapters doesn't doesn't scare me. Eleven, but eleven. Like, oh no! For two hundred and ninety-four <laughs> pages, that scared me. Oh no! I was oh like, no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um. So he reads this letter, and Naoko in the letter also says that her doctor thinks that she's ready to see people again mm-hmm. at this point, and so and Toru could come visit any time. And what does he do? He fucking like immediately calls the receptionist at the Ami Hospital and is like, hey, when can I come see uh, Naoko? Yeah. So they're like, oh, you can come this day. I don't remember exactly when they said, but <laughs> he tells his, like the head of his dorm that he's going on this short hiking trip for a couple days. Uh, and then he ends up going to Kyoto, I think, which is where mm-hmm. the Ami Hostel is. Yeah. Uh and he takes a bus through like <laughs> through like this huge adventure on the on in the mountains. He's like on these curving roads and he goes through like a bunch of dense forest. Yeah. And a bunch of people get off. He ends up being like one of only four people left on the bus when they yeah. get closer to the Ami hostel. It's an incredibly long It's lengthy. Hold on. I want to know, like, uh, it takes, like, four pages. <laughs> it's Just so, bus ride. It's, su- it's such a long bus ride. I was going to say it takes, like, four pages, and then I was like, I guess in the context of, like, 70 pages of uh, chapter six, four pages isn't that much. <laughs> <laughs> four, four, four pages is pretty manageable and fine. But, like, this could have been, like, a chapter in of in itself. It was just so long. Yeah. He finally makes it to the Ami hostel. And when he gets there, he walks up, he walks up to a guard gate and there's just no one there. Yeah, so there's no guard there. And the dude just like rides down the path on a bicycle and it's just like, sorry, but he's not. <laughs> he's like, oh, my bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to go to the main building? It's uh, that way. And he's like, you got to ask for uh, Dr. Ishida. The number 32 was painted on the bike's fender in white. Didn't need that detail. Didn't need that. <laughs> He's setting the scene. You had to have the detail. But once again, 
lovely book. Love Be- how it was written. Beautifully written. Just too much. Uh, <laughs> he ends up making it to the main building. The main building is like a house, right? It's like like a mansion, basically. Yeah, like the it's basically run like a commune, and it was just some rich person's like house that they just like added onto the ground, like they got the grounds and just added onto it. Yes, and he 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 goes in there, and he tells them that he's here to see Doctor Sheeta, and they're like, "Oh, go sit over there." And then eventually, a lady comes out. And she sits down next to him, and she takes his hand, and she looks at it, and she's like, hmm, oh, you haven't played instruments in a long time. And he's like, yeah, that's weird, I guess. Yeah, correct. <laughs> you are correct. Uh, she's older and very wrinkly. But like in a, in like a, yeah. he likes the way she looks. He's like, you're very wrinkly, but I like, they make her look warm. <laughs> they make her look warm. Yeah. And she's basically like. I wanted to talk to you before you met with Naoko. Mm-hmm. And boy, do they talk. Yeah. Boy, do they talk. They go. They end up going and have lunch. We find out that Dr. Ishida is actually not a doctor. She is a patient also at the Ami Hostel. And she is Naoko's roommate. Yeah. Oh, and her real name is uh, Reiko. Yeah. And she's, she's been there for seven years. Yeah, she says that it's the the hostel is like Naoko said, just kind of run like a commune where they do have doctors and nurses, but everyone kind of just like coexists together. Yeah, and like they help each other. You out. scratch my back, I scratch your back. Levels of like community. That's right. Basically, it's they they get together, and it's a place of like total honesty, basically. Mm-hmm. And like um, taking accountability uh, for your flaws and helping people like recognize and understand their own flaws so that they can help others also do the same. Yeah. Rico says that per their rules, you're not just allowed to be like alone with patients. And so she's like, look, I'm going to be there every time you're with Naoko. But, you know, total honesty, she we me and her tell each other everything like you can trust that you know i'm not gonna make it weird and he's like he is honestly very chill he's like i don't actually care about any of that that's cool (laughs) yeah yeah he's like sure why not it doesn't matter uh they end up going to reiko and naoko's apartment uh because he's staying there for like two days three days Mm -hmm. something like that and she's like oh you can come stay with us it'll be fine yeah so they end up going to their apartment and Naoko is not there. She's off doing her chores. Yeah. And he 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 dozes off a little bit and then he wakes up and Naoko is just there. Just sitting on and the she's like, edge of the hey. couch. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Hey, I know we're not supposed to be alone, but I was excited you were here. What's up? Yeah. So she's there for like a little bit and then she's like, Cool, I have to go back to work so you can just like make yourself comfortable. Do what you do. And then like <laughs> when they come back at the end of the day. She, like, does, like, a more ceremonial, like, bow <laughs> to make it seem yeah. like she hasn't seen him yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make it seem like this is the first time they've met, like, yeah. since he's been there. thought that was cute. And they, they go have dinner. And after dinner, they end up going, they go back to the apartment. He takes a shower. And Naoko and Reiko 
go take a bath. And then he just sits in the dark <laughs> and waits for them to come back. Yeah, well, he's not just sitting in the dark just like a like an asshole. He's, <laughs> he's being a creeper. He's in the, they're like really far removed from like a town or anything. So the sky is super clear and there's like a full moon. And so he like is sitting in the dark so that like the light of the room he's in is admiring impeding, the isn't, sky. Isn't imp- yeah, you made it sound like you're just sitting in there yeah. like an asshole. <laughs> no, he's admiring the sky. <laughs> he's just sitting in the dark weirdly. Yeah. So they they catch up and there's no secrets. Uh, Reiko can play the guitar. Yeah. So that's cool. She can play guitar. She plays a lot of there's just Beatles songs all over the place. Norwegian Wood is a yeah. Beatles song, by the way. Did we say that? It's also Naoko's favorite song. Yes. And they catch up. They talk about the fact that he's slept with like eight girls. And they're giving him shit yeah. about it. Uh, Naoko <laughs> says that Nagasawa sounds like a sick person. Yeah. Not sick in a good way. <laughs> Is a sick person. There's something wrong with Nagasawa. Like, I, That's what I'm saying. I think he might be, have like a sex addiction. I, might be a sociopath. He might be. They uh, They talk about Kazuki, Kazuki a little bit. Yeah. And she says that she... Definitely tried to sleep with Kazuki, but she just like could never get wet. Like she just yeah, she she couldn't get aroused, and she said her body never opened to him. Yeah, which was crazy because she was like, because like Reiko's there, so that's already kind of odd. But she's like, she's like, yeah, like we would try, and I just could never get wet, and so I just like finished them off my mouth or my hands. And but like when yeah. we had sex, Toru, like wasn't I like super wet? Like that was. <laughs> <laughs> like it's possibly he was like he was like yeah you were you was <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah he's like yeah you was doing the damn thing <laughs> it was just very <laughs> odd because like i the whole time i'm just like reading that and i'm like i don't know that i could have this conversation with another person in the room <laughs> Rico is standing right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's like three inches away from their faces <laughs> and she after they they kind of have this little talk, she 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 breaks down again, the same yeah. violent, violent vomiting, not vom. She's not actually vomiting, but it's the force of like no, <laughs> she's vomiting from her eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so Torigo takes a walk while she uh, calms down. Yeah, and when he gets back, Reiko is like, "Hey, she's she's resting. So why don't we just you and me go for a walk." Yeah, so they go for a walk, and he he, Toru tells Reiko that he feels like he and uh, Naoko have to save each other. Yeah, uh, and she's like, "Yeah, I understand." She's like, "I I see where you're coming from because I was also once twenty, mm-hmm. and I know <laughs> I know what's going on." And she Reiko goes into a little bit about her backstory and how she was training from a child to become a concert pianist and her senior year before like this huge competition the finger on her left hand just became paralyzed for no reason doctors couldn't find anything wrong one suggested that reiko was might have been having like a physiological response to the competition stress and mm-hmm. so her body is just like your finger doesn't work anymore uh and it started to work again when she was in the hospital but and she was able to finish out her year, but she 
it ended her career as a as a concert pianist because yeah. the pressure was too much. Yeah, so she she had a she had a breakdown and she spent some time in the hospital. And when she got out, that's when they told her that she didn't have the the, the fortitude to be a concert pianist. Hate to see it. You hate to see it, honestly. And so from then on, she just was kind of in and out of mental hospitals and she was she started to become a uh a teacher but like like a piano teacher like she mm-hmm. started taking pupils in and teaching uh piano and stuff <laughs> and one of her students asked her to marry him yeah <laughs> that like they had never like touched or like kissed or anything and he was just like i want you to marry me and then they uh they started dating a little bit and then three months i think and she was like, all right, cool. I'm going to marry you now. Can I just mention, you can cut this out of the podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> when up? I was editing, I like kept hearing like yeah. your, your, uh, the arm, like noises. And I couldn't figure out why. And I just watched you as you were talking. Just do 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 I, I don't know why I move it a lot. You I just, <laughs> I feel I feel like, because I feel like I'm talking too loud, so I got to move it away a little bit, but then I feel like I'm not getting picked up enough. So you were I just all, back. that was just really funny to watch. You make, it, you make <laughs> I'm leaving it in. So, yeah, you like asked her to marry him, and then she's like, we, let's date for a while. <laughs> let's date before I marry you. <laughs> uh, and she tries to be like, look, I am. I am mentally ill, and he's like, don't care. And his family's like, she's mentally ill. We looked into her background, and he's like, don't care. I want this one. That's right. I want her. I love her. So they end up having a a, a good like relationship. So when she was in her 30s, her daughter just started kindergarten, and Draco decided to start playing the piano again. Mm-hmm. And a neighbor asked if his daughter could start getting lessons and Reiko agreed to take her on as a student this girl was she was 13 uh she was super nice apparently she was awesome and they say she was unusually beautiful and it says uh Reiko didn't know that she was a pathological liar yeah that would soon prey upon her like the worst kind of pathological liar just completely horrible yeah and then she's like i don't want to talk about this anymore let's go back yeah uh when they get back naoko is just chilling on the sofa she's like sorry for scaring you bro he's like i was i was kind of scared yes thank you (laughs) i was i was a little terrified they end up talking about kazuki more and she she talks about the kazuki she knew which was a slightly different kazuki than than toru knew she she'd known kazuki you know, since they were toddlers. And so she, like, as she's talking, you can tell that, like, very obvious that he was pretty severely depressed. Yeah. But Toru only got the best parts of him. Yeah. She she tells Toru that basically he was Kazuki and hers only friend and their connection to the real world. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy because uh, he also didn't have any friends. That's right. After, but after they have their little uh, in their in, intimate discussion, their intense discussion, 
uh, Reiko makes some cocoa for all three of them so they can get ready for bed. Yay. Toru falls asleep, but then he, he wakes up in the middle of the night, <laughs> and it's Naoko, right? She's sitting on the edge of his bed, <laughs> and then she just undoes her nightgown, and then she buttons up and leaves. Yeah. And Toru is just sitting there like, what the fuck? He's like, what the fuck? But also, why does she look so huh. much hotter than she did when we fucked? Like she was, yeah. like she was hot before, but like, but right now in this point in time, like, ooh, like where are all these hot damn? Where are all these curves come? Like she look, yeah, she look curvaceous. She look, ooh, curvaceous, babe, curvaceous. And then when she they wake up in the next morning, she like just completely doesn't acknowledge it. Like, doesn't acknowledge <laughs> like, it. Doesn't act like. Doesn't even like wink at him. Like, you know, like yeah, nothing. Like, like you know, no, no, nothing. None of the, me and Justin are winking at each other. You know, you know that that good old double eye wink that. <laughs> so they end up, they end up going to lunch, and then they end up taking a trail into the mountains. Mm-hmm. They pass through an abandoned village, uh, and then after they've been hiking for a little bit, uh, Reiko suggests that Toru and Naoko go for a walk even though they're not supposed to mm-hmm. be alone together she's like i feel like you guys need some alone time so yeah, i'm not gonna tell anyone if you you know take a walk yeah they go for and and while they're talking she she talks about kazuki again and that she kind of feels like kazuki is 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 calling to her from 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 the darkness that like they can't stay apart which scares her yeah that would yeah it scared me also dude kazuki's calling out from the darkness and then She's like, this is, this is this is scaring me. They end up going to a meadow, and then she just jerks him off. Yep. She's like, we'll have to wait to sleep together, but in the meantime, check this out. Yeah, she says that you know I don't want to. I'm I'm not ready for for us to take this to the next level because I'm I'm not in the in in the right the right head frame. Um, yeah. So she's just like, are you hard right now? And he's like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yes, she jerks them off in this meadow. Yep, and then they continue their walk. (laughs) Just here we go, and then Naoko tells Toru some trauma from her uh, from her youth. Apparently, her older sister also committed suicide, and she was the one that found her body. Yep. And she was in sixth grade. Sixth grade, yeah. So she's just just bad all around. All around. She also found out she also tells Toru that she found out a year after her sister's death that her father's brother also committed suicide when he was young. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like there's some kind of genetic yeah. component. So something in her, her blood that's making her depressed. Yeah. And she tells Toru that he should move on, but he's like, no. He says he'll wait for her until she's ready. Yeah. So they end up going back to the apartment. Uh, they hang out with uh, Reiko as she's serenading them on the guitar. Then Reiko and Toru end up taking a walk also to go get some grapes. And Toru asks her to finish the story. And she says, sure. So she picks up where she left off. And she's saying that she was giving her pupil lessons every Saturday morning. Uh, Reiko, she apparently is a really good teacher because 
her new student was would they say um nothing special like her student isn't like that great at piano and yeah, stuff yeah her student was like it seemed like her student was like self-taught and had just picked up so many habits as a self-taught pianist that she was never going to be yeah. like performance level but like Reiko was like I can mm-hmm. teach her to play the same way that she had started playing as an adult which was like just for like the joy of it and so she and she yep. said like she could kind of tell that this girl was one a liar and two was not going to do things that she didn't want to do and so like Reiko would give her a new piece of music and then let the girl play it however she wanted and then Reiko would be like what if we tried it this way and then what if we tried it that way and then they would talk about like which way did you like better like what parts of the which I thought was like that's like seems like a really dope way of teaching of like letting them like figure shit out yeah yeah I don't know do I have to do we have to give another warning here yes there's going to be mentions of sexual assault and not child grooming but there is a child involved Reiko basically says that one day they were doing a lesson and the girl started to cry and she asked to lay down. So Reiko took her to her room and like laid down and was like petting her back. And then the, the girl like made a move on her. Yeah. The little girl was a lesbian and this little girl basically pressures Reiko into a sex act. And then Reiko was like, this is inappropriate. Stop. Like, I think she like slaps her. She's like, stop. This is inappropriate. Go home. Yeah. She, she slaps her in the face and she's like, get out of here. Yeah. And Reiko, the girl doesn't come back because, you know, she doesn't come back. Yeah. And then Reiko is, is walking around her town and she notices that people are starting to like look at her weird. And she finally pulls aside a neighbor that she's close to. And the neighbor says that this pupil went home. She'd obviously been slapped around and her like, Buttons were askew, and she'd done something so that, like, her shirt was bloody and accused Reiko of sexually assaulting her. Yeah. And so Reiko, so yeah, then, so her parents obviously, like, believe their child, and Reiko gets kind of, like, ostracized in their community, and they also look into her past, and they can tell that she's been in mental hospitals for a while, and so her parents are like, even more proof that Reiko, more proof to them that, you know, Reiko was a predator. Yeah, and Reiko tried to convince her husband to move out of the neighborhood because they were being ostracized. And she's like, she she felt like that she was going to have another mental break, basically. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we need, like, I need to get out of here. And their husband, and her, her, her husband was basically like, well, Right now is not a good time. You know, it's not the the best time to try and sell the house and move. Uh, and Reiko ends up trying to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And she she ends up waking up, waking up in a hospital room. And she f- ends up filing for a divorce from her husband because she didn't want to subject him to being married to her anymore. She felt like being married to her was a burden. So she didn't want to. And also... You know, he was like, we can leave now. And she's like, I didn't like it would have been nice if we would have left a month ago. But like, I, this is going to keep happening. And yeah. it's always going to be like, can you just wait a month? And I, I can't wait a month. Yeah. And that is basically Reiko's story. Yeah. Very sad. And I think she said she shortly thereafter found the Ami hostel. Yeah. And 
My, we mentioned that she's been at the hostel for seven years, mm-hmm. and she's never she she she's she's never left the hostel since then. Yeah, uh, I think she uh, says her daughter sometimes visits, but her it doesn't seem like her daughter like her daughter doesn't seem to have like any ill will. Her daughter will like send her you know school pictures, updates, things like that yeah. about how she's doing. And they end up going back to the apartment, and Naoko and. Right, Reiko end up going to sleep, and Toru's laying down, and Naoko comes in the living room and crawls into bed with him, and they end up kissing, and then she leaves. Yep. <laughs> so, Toru's not crazy. She was definitely at the end of his bed, just getting naked, and then she left. Yeah. And so, the the next day is when he's going back to Tokyo, because he's got classes. Yep. Uh... <laughs> He yeah he he goes he goes to his classes he goes back to his job, and then he goes back to his dorm and just jerks off to Naoko. Basically. Yep. <laughs> and then then he sees Midori again. Yeah, and she's been trying to fucking get in touch with him. Yeah. <laughs> for days. And he's like, I took a trip. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> she, she is so weird. She's like, basically, like, what goes on in this dude's dorm? Like, you guys just in there jerking off all the time, and she's like, he's like, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, she's like, do you think about like people when you do it, or do you just like do it? And he's like, like I think about people, and she's like, can you think about me? Like, I just want to know like what happens. Like, <laughs> you jerk off. Just picture, picture this. Yeah, picture me, and then like we'll. We'll, like, have a conversation about, like, what that experience was like for you. Yeah, it's fine. God, she's such a fucking weird. <laughs> so, uh, they're drinking while they're talking about this. Yeah. Just getting hammered. Toru really enjoys his time with Midori. She, he says that uh, she is helping him feel a little more adapted to the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just, she talks, I don't, my note for this chapter is just she talks a lot. I didn't write down anything she talked about, because none of it was... Yeah, that's fair. They meet up again on Sunday. Mm-hmm. She is comes to his dorm wearing like the smallest skirt possible. Yeah. Oh yeah that that that's when they talk about the whole masturbation thing. Yeah, they talk about the whole masturbation thing. Her boyfriend's like, her boyfriend's kind of an asshole. Where like she wants to talk about like things like that, and he's always like, "You're a lady. You shouldn't be talking about these kinds of things. <laughs> this is inappropriate. Why do you want to talk about these these un." these things how dare you how dare you and then she tells him she's like oh do you want to go at the hospital go to the hospital with me and he's like well who's in the hospital and midori goes my dad and toru's like you dad i thought he was in uruguay that he fucked up to uruguay she's like <laughs> no my dad's been in the hospital this whole time with uh yes, sorry her dad also has a brain tumor <laughs> yeah she's just like oops sorry so that's where she's been spending a lot of her time. Yeah. <laughs> so he 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 Toru sees that Midori is like worn out, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. from being here with her dad all the time. So he ends up offering her to watch over him. Yeah. While she goes and just takes a seat. Yeah. And just you don't need to do this. Oh, also she asked him to take her to go see a porno flick. You're yeah. Yeah. She loves it. She 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 loves porno flicks. Apparently. Yeah, she's really into it. So he goes, like he like watches her dad and like 
actually have a pretty nice moment where he like gets her dad to eat some food because he's recovering from brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that the narrator on the audiobook was really funny when he was talking as um Midori's dad because it would be like yeah. Midori would be like, Hey dad, do you want do you want some food? No. Not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious yeah <laughs> like are you thirsty no <laughs> how are you feeling head hurts <laughs> <laughs> damn it i want to listen to the audiobook now. it was really good i would recommend it <laughs> uh, midori's dad mumbles something about a ticket to a, a train station mm-hmm. uh and he asks midori if that means anything to her and she's like maybe he's saying that you you got to take care of me yeah because it's a it's a train it's a ticket to a train station and it's I think it's like they're like a train station near like where they used to live or something but like she like ran away from home at one point and she yeah. like ran to like her like a family member's house and so her dad went up on the train and then they rode the train back and she had like a nice bonding moment with her dad and so like that's what that might be related to. Hmm. I uh, I think you might be right. Yeah. And then um. To Tori leaves because he's got to go to work. And five days later, uh, Midori calls Toru and tells him that her father has passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, she doesn't want him to come to the funeral. Yeah, she's like, I don't want to see you there. I just want to take care of this, and then I'll I'll be back. Uh, but she does tell him that she she wants him to look up a really disgusting porno flick for the two of them to go to soon. Yeah, S and M, baby. Yes, sir. Do you want me to look up a really like disgusting uh S and M romance novel? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> she promises call Tori, but she does <laughs> she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't get back in contact with him contact with him for yeah. days. Her dad died. Yeah, no. I, I, I get that. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. Kinda acting like something's wrong with that. I'm not. You say so. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe this is the last episode. Of <laughs> you can't do this every time. <laughs> Toro ends up writing another letter to Naoko. He's telling her about all the shit that he misses about her, and that how uh, he's 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 doing all he can with the energy that he has. Yeah, and he gets he gets in a really bad mood because he starts thinking about Midori and her dad, mm-hmm. and he's just chilling in a jazz cafe fun you you know how it is you know how it is when you get sad and you just go to a jazz cafe <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> just, just chill out in a jazz cafe totally do it all the time that's what i'm saying we live in new orleans of course we do <laughs> <laughs> at work he just fucking randomly slices his hand open yeah he has to go and get stitches he has to go get stitches and his boss he goes back to he goes get stitches and he goes back to work and his boss is like i'm just gonna give you the rest of the day off <laughs> just go home yeah <laughs> What are you doing? He ends up running in uh, Nagasawa, and he tells them that he passed the the interest exam. Yeah, the exam to be a foreign emissary. And Nagasawa is, once again, a shit stain, (laughs) uh, where Toru is basically asking, hey, you have Hatsumi. What are you and Hatsumi's plans for when you're going to be doing all this like overseas? 
work. And Nagasawa's like, I don't know, that's her problem. What does he mean? <laughs> Nagasawa's such a fucking asshole. Uh, he's like, you know, I'm not planning to marry anybody. I'm not looking to settle down. If she if she wants to marry somebody, she can go do that. I'm not stopping her. And then he goes, hey, I want to celebrate me getting me passing this thing. You want to come to dinner with me in Hatsumi? And Toru goes, don't you want to celebrate with your girlfriend? And Nagasawa's like, nah, I want you there too, bud. <laughs> Please. So they go out to dinner. It's, just, it's a really awkward dinner. Oh, it's bad. It's terrible. I mean, it's bad because Hatsumi gets a spine a, a little bit. Yeah. I don't even know what Nagasawa is doing. He's like. He's just basically talking about all their conquests like yeah while hatsumi is sitting right there and hatsumi is like does that make you happy toru to sleep with all these like women that you don't know and there's like just completely meaningless and toru says no it's not it doesn't make him happy and nagasawa was like no no, no it's fine he's like me he's he's like <laughs> yeah he's like no no he's like me cut from the same cloth <laughs> um and Nagasawa just, oh God. he also like she's like if you really love your girlfriend then you'd be able to control yourself and then he like interrupts her and he's like you, you don't understand the sexual needs of men uh, and I'm like Nagasawa you're being an actual piece of shit yes a garbage person yeah he talks about he talks about they went out with two girls and one of them was was a pretty one an ugly one and they switched with his girlfriend yeah. right there. <laughs> right there. And she's right there. And he's like, you know, he's like, you can't even call what I do fooling around. It's just a game. Nobody gets hurt. And Hatsumi goes, I get hurt. Why am I not enough for you? <laughs> Ugh. So Nagasawa. So basically the dinner ends very awkwardly and Nagasawa's like, look, he, he he doesn't say this. He I'm paraphrasing what his douchey fucking voice said, but basically he was like, I gotta go take care of her. She's basically on the rag right now. She's acting <laughs> insane. I Nagasawa's such an asshole. So Hatsumi, so he's like, I'm gonna go put her in a cab and take her home. And so he gets the cab, and he goes to get in the cab with Hatsumi, and she's like, I don't want to hang out with you right now. Don't get in my fucking cab. Hey, Toru, you want to hang out? You want to hang out? Take me home, Toru. Yeah. And so Toru's like, okay, cool. I guess I'm taking your girlfriend home. <laughs> <laughs> also, Nagasawa kind of shits on Toru a little bit, and he's like, uh, he tells uh, Hatsumi that, he, that Toru might seem like a nice guy, but he's incapable of loving anyone. What a- It's like, wow, guy. What a shit. Thanks, friend. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, bro. He that's that's like, I don't actually want to go home. I just didn't want to be around with that asshole anymore. And so she's like, Do you want to go to they go to like a pool hall? And he basically talks about she's like, Oh, you know, you're a little bit rusty. She she beats his ass at pool. She she sharks him. And, yeah, well. and she's like, oh, I'm sorry I, I beat you. Like, you know, it seems like it's been a while since you played. And he's like, it's been exactly 
two years and and five months. And she's like, why do you know that? And so he tells her that that was the last time he played was, was with his friend Kazuki before he killed himself. Yeah. And so then actually he says, actually he says, he says, you know, I just, that was the last, I, my friend died the night after our last game together. And she said, how did your friend die? And he said, traffic accident. Cause Kazuki did the hose and the exhaust in the garage thing. Yeah. Not wrong, but morbid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. So let me get a flash forward. Uh, we get a flash forward to Toru. This is years later. Only a couple. And yeah, he's he's like in a he's in a pizza place or whatever, and he's watching a sunset. And <laughs> <laughs> Hatsumi uh, brought something out in him that he didn't know what it was until years later mm-hmm. and then he almost burst into tears because a couple years after nagasawa left tokyo hatsumi ended up committing suicide herself yeah and the big old shit stain he he wrote a letter to toru telling him about uh hatsumi's death he says Hatsumi's death has extinguished something. This is unbearably sad and painful, even to me. And that is the last time Toru, like he rips up the letter, doesn't reply to it, and he never, yeah, never talks, he never to, talks to Nagasawa again. Yeah, because what a fucking shitbag. Okay, so it's like four years later. So two years after Nagasawa leaves for his foreign thing, she gets married, and then two yeah, years after a, that, a couple she years later. dies by suicide. Also, they have a conversation where she's like, hey, I know that I'm with Nagasawa and that sucks. What do you think I should do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nagasawa kind of is terrible. What should I do? But she, she she, admits that she doesn't think she'll ever leave Nagasawa. Mm-hmm. Loves him too much. Yeah, loves him too much. And Toru says that he's envious of how confident and sure that Hatsumi is about her love for Nagasawa. Yeah. After they hang out... They end up leaving, and on his way home, he sees Hatsumi calling Nagasawa. Yeah, last time he ever saw her. That is, Yeah, that's the last time he ever saw her. He ends up writing Naoki another letter. He tells her about how he went and shot pool with Hatsumi, and he, he starts writing about the <laughs> afternoon of Kazuki's death and the last game of pool they ever played. Yeah. And he 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 feels guilty that he might be abandoning the idea of uh, Kazuki. Yeah. But he's also letting himself know that it's okay to move on. And yeah, so basically, he's he's finally letting himself accept. He's letting himself accept Kazuki's death instead of continuing to be in this state of these black shades on his on his eyes yeah where he sees everything with a grim look yeah so he sees uh nagasawa again they, they had their dinner on on saturday he sees him again the next thursday 
and Nagasawa kind of apologizes, kind of doesn't, for making things awkward. <laughs> but I just thought it was great that uh, he says, I made up with Asumi. Hatsumi, he said. Toru was not surprised. <laughs> Hatsumi tells me you told tells me you told her to leave me. Toru was like, it only makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like remind me of um reminds me of uh what's it called? Our first book, uh No Exit. Where uh Lars comes up and he's like, uh you told my brother to beat me in the head <laughs> like and i'd do it again yeah you and i'd make all that I'd, I'd make that decision again buddy yeah toru is woken up by his phone ringing and it turns out to be midori asking if he wants to hang out <laughs> and they end up going back to the same bar that they went to uh a while ago i don't remember when it was they talk about her dad's funeral uh, she says that her and her sister ended up getting drunk after the funeral and they decided to close the shop and enjoy their lives for a little while. Yeah. When I'm sorry, Midori and her boyfriend went on a trip intending to fuck like crazy. <laughs> but Midori got her period as soon as they got there. And they ended up breaking up. Oh, is this when they break up? Yeah, this is when they break up. Because he's a shit about it. Yeah, and they, they had a big fight and they were just like, all right, this is, Cause she's this is like, where it ends. Because she gets her period early, and he's like, can't believe you got your period. You hate you. Why are you doing this to me? And she's like, I didn't <laughs> why, choose why are you doing this? to fucking... Yeah. I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. They go to their sex film. Yeah, they go... <laughs> get tickets to <laughs> a triple their, feature. Yeah. I... Wow. You know how much sex is on that screen? So much. Can you imagine sitting in a theater full of other people and just watching other people fuck? All right. That was it. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, isn't that that's like a real thing? It is. I just don't people. I mean, don't places still have like the triple X theaters and stuff? Hmm. Does New Orleans have a triple X? At least you're. Uh, I don't think you're. I don't think you're supposed to jerk off in them. You can't. Oh, you're jerk not off supposed to. No, it's frowned upon. You're not supposed to. People do it, obviously. Oh yeah, we have adult movie theaters. God, I bet they're sticky. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so after she fights with her boyfriend, she also just goes on a trip by herself for like a few days. Uh, yeah, so they go to their sex movie, and he's bored in the first one. It takes her till like halfway through the second to be like, yeah, I guess this is kind of boring. And then she just gets all needy, and she's just like, hang out with me. I don't want to go home alone. Cuddle with me all night. <laughs> Please cuddle with me. I don't even want to like mention like i know i normally i'm like i don't want to mention this thing and then i go into detail i don't want to talk about what she did <laughs> with the picture of her dad at his altar and i'm not gonna if you want to know what happened you read the book it was gross midori sometimes it's like midori's like real fun it's like this bitch talks too much but she's real fun something's wrong with her you know you you, you know and <laughs> I, I say this a lot in video games when something happens and right in the corner of the screen it says everyone hated that or everyone will remember that yeah that's what happened <laughs> everyone hated that everyone disliked that <laughs> they end up you know taking baths and changing into pajamas they're gonna have a nice little fun pajama party uh but of course toru's depressed so he can't sleep yeah <laughs> so he just ends up fucking drinking and staying up and reading throughout the night. Yeah. 
so he leaves in the morning and he leaves a note, I guess, you know, telling her they'll talk soon. And then weeks start to pass. Toru and Naoko, yeah, Toru and Naoko are that was a calendar changing the one that like the 365 <laughs> days on it, where it's just like all the days just falling off. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. wow, that wine's taking effect already. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There it is. <laughs> Toru and Naoko are exchanging letters frequently now. She is not doing too hot still. Uh, she says she often feels lonely and she can. She believes that her sister and Kazuki are still trying to talk to her and they must be lonely also. Yeah. And he gets he gets a package from Reiko and Naoko uh, containing a Maroon 5 crew neck sweater. And <laughs> it, it's just it's just a maroon sweater. You almost got me there, bro. I was like, wait, what now? <laughs> it's for his birthday, by the way. Yeah, it's it's for his birthday. Was it one they they just bought? But Naoko and Reiko worked on the gift together, basically, and got him this. I think they made it. This gift. Oh, they made it. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Well, they worked on it together and gave it, yeah. gave it to him as as a joint birthday Christmas present. It's really just a birthday present, not a Christmas that present like at all. Not Christmas at all. <laughs> Why would they celebrate Christmas? Um, They're Buddhist, I think. I don't know. Well, Midori is Buddhist, so a winter time uh, festivities. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of winter, now we're in the winter time and <laughs> burr, burr. There's this revolution is still going on <laughs> at the school. Yeah. <laughs> Toru's just like, this is fucking stupid. Uh, he kind of stops hanging out with Nagasawa as much. Good. Because he's like, I don't want to. Like, Nagasawa will be like, hey, man, you want to go out trolling for Poon? And he's like, no, thanks. No. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna try and be a, a loyal boyfriend. Yeah. But not really a boyfriend because Naoko is not my girlfriend. But that's the only way he can describe it. It's like, like Nagasawa is yeah. like, he has a girlfriend. and He's like, sure. But you want to go trolling for Poon? <laughs> and he makes another plan to go visit Naoko. Yeah, so he, he ends up going back to Kyoto to visit uh, Naoko and Reiko at the hostel. They are hanging out. They're hiking through the woods. He has a good time, it seems. Um, oh, boy, does he. But, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> Naoko, it seems like very withdrawn for yeah. a, a lot of it. Yeah, Reiko goes somewhere and once again. So they kind of try. Here it comes. They kind of try and have sex, but she's not getting wet again, and he's like, "Not a problem, not a rush." You know, what if I never get better? I can't have sex, and he's like. Not a problem for me. Don't really care. And uh, okay, whatever. She shows him what that mouth do. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, she, she jerks him off first. Yeah. And then she gives him a blowy afterwards. Yeah. This man's got the stamina of a god. It's just twice in a row. That's okay. I'm I'm asleep. <laughs> Bussing once, going to sleep. That's. The <laughs> it's uh, look. 
Hey, look, I'm just like, I'm, you want me to be honest? I thought we were going to be honest on this podcast. Yeah, we can be honest. I'm just saying that twice in a row is not that big a deal. Sometimes you go right to sleep and sometimes you like, you know. Give me a second to recharge. It's like a shotgun. She did. They had a whole conversation about how she couldn't get wet. Give me a second to recharge. Give me more time. 19 minutes, at least. Oh, okay. So you definitely spent that much time. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Toru talks about how he's planning to move out of the dorm <laughs> and find an apartment. Yeah, and he's like, move in with me. Please move in with me. That would be awesome. She did, she, 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 she doesn't answer him. She doesn't, because like, she doesn't know, you know, if she'll be ready well enough to do that. Yeah. Ooh, they're in the 70s now, baby. <laughs> Ooh, groovy, baby. Groovy, baby. He does move out of the dorm. He gets a little he sure does. He gets a little apartment on the edge of town. It's like a little like guest house situation. And this dumbass forgets to tell Midori. Doesn't have a phone. And then just realizes three weeks later where he's like, oh, <laughs> fuck, I forgot to tell Midori. He's like, shit. He hasn't talked to her in like a month. And he's like, oops. And so he calls her. And she's like, fuck off. You just disappeared. Like, yeah, you asshole. Just disappeared for a month. What do you what do you want from me? So he's I'm gonna start speeding this up because we're like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and a half hours in. So he's writing to Naoko and she's not really writing back. He's writing yeah. to Midori. She's not writing she's back. She's not writing back. back. <laughs> and then Reiko writes and says that Naoko's in a bad place. And she's also hearing voices. Yeah. Which I assume is the voices that she was already talking about of Kazuki and her sister. Oh, I can I completely forgot that she was talking about she could hear Kazuki, but it seems like a Yeah. yeah, yeah. She she's she's getting worse. She's hearing voices and it's she's like, I want like she's not like angry or upset at you. She just isn't in a mental space where she can be writing letters back to you. Yeah. And Midori finally writes and so he just spends like a month just like depressed, alone, sad. Yeah. And Midori finally writes him and says that she wants to meet. Uh, for lunch. Yeah. So he he meets with Midori and they go to lunch and they are walking around and he's like, oh, I'm going to go. I think he goes to get them like coffee or tea or something. Uh, and he comes back and she's writing something and he's like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, don't worry about it. And they hang out for a little bit longer and then she hands him what she was writing and it was a letter where she was like, you spaced out like this entire lunch. You were just like sad and spaced out and like not really yeah. talking to me. And you didn't even notice that like my hair is different, you asshole. <laughs> you dick. And so she stops talking to him again. She's basically like, this is over. Yeah. Don't Don't talk to me anymore. So he's like just writing letters to Naoko and Midori and neither one of them is responding to his letters. He's just like not hearing from anyone. Yeah, like, he has Midori no Midori and them, Midori's not talking to him. Naoko's not writing him. He hasn't seen Nagasawa. In a while. His, his stormtrooper never came back. Yeah, and, and when he goes to Midori because they have classes together, he'll go up and he's like, hey, can we talk? And she's like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And... He finally calls her and she's like, I just don't want to talk. And he's like, I know, but like this, 
like it's been two months at this point and he's like the past two months have just been like awful i'm i'm so lost without you when are you gonna talk to me again and she's like when i feel like it yep he ends up getting another letter from reiko uh that talks about naoko's mom came up to the the mountains and she is tremendously unstable unstable yeah and they're moving her to an actual hospital and not this sanatorium where they're doing the commune stuff yeah so she says like by the time you get this letter she's already been moved i wish i could have told you but it kind of happened on the fly yeah uh also throughout all this toru kind of becomes friends with this kid named ito yeah couldn't tell you anything about him yep i mean that that's all i got for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I Midorian he's not an asshole Toru end up but... meeting each other again yeah he's not an asshole yeah uh Toru and Midori end up meeting each other again and it's it's kind of sad because Midori is like look after my trip after my dad died and I took that trip I broke up with my boyfriend and yeah. he's like oh why would you do that and she's like you're so fucking dense and stupid. you're dumb you're a dumb idiot i broke up with my boyfriend because i'm in love with you and i know that you're hung up on this other girlfriend this other girl who's like it's complicated with but like i'm here i'm a person i'm not complicated (laughs) i'm trying to give you love be with me and so she is like look i love you i want to be with you I understand that it's not as easy for us to just be together because you have your own baggage with this other girl going on. But, like, doors open, baby. Doors open. And the door is open to Toru's house because they end up going back to his house. But they don't have sex because Toru's, like, he he likes Midori. Mm-hmm. But he's, he feels like them having sex, is it's not the right time for them to have sex yeah he's trying to be respectful to both midori and naoko yeah and then he jerks off into her underwear after she tells him to she jerks him off into her underwear yeah there it is (laughs) there's coming in in some underwear yeah that's all you need to know and so he writes a letter to reiko and he basically is like i feel guilty because i told naoko that like i would wait for her but I'm in love with Midori and I don't know what to do. And Reiko writes him back a letter that's really sweet. That's like, look, if you have someone that you love, like you don't feel guilty about loving someone and don't feel guilty about yeah. not waiting for Naoko because she, she might never be well. Like you can't just like spend your whole life waiting. Um Yeah. She, yeah. She's, she's very supportive, but also like, Hey, don't tell Naoko about Midori because she's in a really bad place mentally. Yeah. She's yeah, she's in a bad mental space right now. Yeah. So I want you to be happy and not wait. And Naoko wants that also, but right now is not a good time yeah. to She's not let ready her to know. hear it. And then he gets a letter from Reiko that Naoko's dead. Yeah son of this book is like (laughs) just like punch 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 yeah so toru gets a letter from reiko saying that naoko she hits him with that uh, it's not your fault it's not your fault yeah it's not your fault he goes to the 
he goes to the he goes to Naoko's funeral uh and Kobe Kobe and then he Kobe <laughs> he he uh <laughs> he feels like he just needs to leave the city and take a break and get away from everything and he writes he writes letters to basically everyone and he's like I'm just going to be gone for a little bit don't worry I'm going to be gone I just there's a lot of shit going on and I just need a breather yeah so he, he withdrew all his money. He goes to Shinjuku and he just takes the first train out of town. Yeah, and he spends a month just being a nomad. Yep. Thinking about Naoko. Being sad. He somehow swindles a fisherman out of like a thousand dollars. I don't know. A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he swindled the guy. Basically what happened is he was sitting around being sad and I think the guy like gave him like a little bit of food and he started to cry. <laughs> yeah, the dude. The two gave him money and a cigarette, and he's like, "Okay, cool, thanks, <laughs> thanks, appreciate it." And oh, because he was laying on the side of like, uh, it's an abandoned Hulk. I think like an abandoned boat in his sleeping bag, just weeping. Yeah, <laughs> same. Honestly, that's where I'm at mentally right now. It's okay. <laughs> mentally, I'm here. <laughs> And yeah, the fisherman was like, okay. why are you crying? Um, and then the guy's like, get yourself some food. Oh. You look bad. Here's some money. Get yourself. Yeah, no. The fisherman, like, feels his grief because the fisherman just recently lost his mom or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because he's like, the guy's like, what's wrong? And he's like, my my mom. He Toru says my mom just died because he didn't want to go into the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But what I thought was funny is that uh, the fisherman is um, like, oh, yeah, my mom also died. And he starts telling, you know, talking about his mom and, and how he got over his grief. And Toru's like, why the fuck is this guy talking to me about his mom right now? I don't give a <laughs> shit about your mom. I just lost Naoko. said, I don't care. And then he was like, oh, I guess. I get. I, he kind of like he, he says his rage disappeared as as quickly as it flared up. But just for him to be like, my mom died. The guy to be like, oh, here's how I got over my mom dying. And Toru being like, and he's like, well, fuck you. Your mom is not here. Your mom is not Nayoko. <laughs> it's different. Your mom's not the same. It's different. Anyway, he decides that it's time for him to go home, and he goes back to Tokyo. And basically, as soon as he gets home, he gets a letter from Reiko, and she's like. I have been trying to reach you for a month. Please get back to me. I'm very worried. <laughs> I am very worried. Please. So he calls her. Yeah, she calls her. And uh, she asks if she can come visit Toru the day after tomorrow. Because she's leaving the uh, the hostel. Mostly because. After seven years. Yeah, she's like, she wants to see him. <laughs> yeah, she wants to make, Toru, make sure Toru's okay. <laughs> She can only take so much. Yeah. So he ends up meeting with her. Draco basically tells Toru that <laughs> she's terrified of being out in the world mm -hmm. because, once again, this is the first time in seven years that she's been actually out in the world. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. She, she says that if Naoko hadn't died then she probably would have stayed in the hostel forever mm -hmm. but she too had to get away from you know the memory uh she tells him not to feel guilty 
you know, he feels like even if she didn't know that he abandoned Naoko yeah. after he said he wouldn't and Reiko's like, you can't feel guilty. You got to be happy with, with Midori. She loves you. Go be with somebody who loves you. And then you want to say it or should I? Uh, what? What happens next? <laughs> what? That Reiko and Toru end up having sex? Yeah. Because why not? He literally has sex with everyone. It's a wonder he didn't have sex with, uh, what's her name? What's? Midori? No, not Midori. Uh, Nagasawa's. Hatsumi. <laughs> it's a what I was like I was like it's a wonder. When they left alone I was like he's definitely gonna fuck. Gonna have he's sex gonna with smash. Her. A thousand percent. But yeah, they're he's like drinking with with Reiko and she plays fucking like 50 songs. Yeah. She's playing hella songs. Yeah. So she she also tells them about like everything that happened with with Naoko where basically they had made the decision that Naoko was probably going to permanent was was going to be spending a lot more time at this mental hospital, it was going to be more yeah. of a permanent situation. And so Naoko got permission to go back to the Ami hostel with her mom as like a chaperone so that she could pack yeah. up her stuff. And then she was going to go back to this other hospital. So they get there and she and Naoko, like Naoko's like still kind of subdued. And Naoko talks about sleeping with, Toru and says that like it was nice but also she describes it as like a violation and she was like I'm never gonna let another person violate me like that like that's my, my that's the only time I'm ever gonna have sex one and done for me yeah and so they decide to go so they have that conversation and and they go to bed and when she wakes up Naoko's gone she like left sometime in the middle of the night and yeah killed herself and so they have dinner and then they get sukiyaki and then I, the, <laughs> the transitions were so weird i think they like yeah i think they like went out for a drink after they had this whole conversation and she plays music and you know they basically have their own like mini funeral for naoko yeah they have their own little ceremony for her playing beetle songs they play norwegian wood yeah. And, you know, Reiko, go, Reiko goes, I, you know, I want you to forget about that sad little funeral you saw and remember this marvelous one that we just had. Here's one more thing. Went up sex. And he's like, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> he's like, sure. They have sex five times in one night. That's, yeah. that's crazy. That's impressive. Yeah. Asleep, I tell you. Asleep. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Reiko's like 40 something at this point. And Toru's 20. Yeah. All we do is take dubs. Shut up. All we do is... Shut up. (laughs) Not a dub. All we do is take dubs. Let's go. Yeah, so they have sex, and then the next day, he takes Reiko to the the train station, and he says, you know, he's like, I'll write to you, and Reiko's like, great, I love your letters. Apparently, Neko burned them all. And he's like, letters are just paper. It's fine. You can burn them. They stay in your heart. He said, burn mm-hmm. them, and what stays in your heart will stay. Keep them, and what vanishes will vanish. That's right. There was a lot of good quotes in here. Yeah. And so they, she tells him, you know, to reach out to Midori because he's not gotten contact. He's been in Tokyo for like a week at least. Yeah. And hasn't talked to Midori. And so he calls, and he says, I have, he says, I have to talk to you. I have a million things to talk to you about. 
And she's like really silent for a long time. She's like, where are you? And then it gripping the receiver, I raised my head and turned around to see what lay beyond the telephone booth. Where was I now? I had no idea. No idea at all. Where was this place? All that flashed into my eyes were the countless shapes of people walking by to nowhere. Again and again, I called out from a dory from the dead center of this place that was no place. And that's it. That's the end of the book. That's the end of the book. I have no idea what that ending means. <laughs> Zero idea. Out of five. Let's go. Out of five? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, this this was a th- this was this was a three. This was better than After Dark for me. Really? After Dark was better. Yeah. I think they were both. You think After Dark was better? Yeah, I think they were both threes. This is ju- it was just too long. It was too long. It was it was very long and wordy. Too wordy. I I don't know. I just I I I feel like I had a easier and better time reading this book than I did After Dark. And so I feel like this one is the three for me and After Dark is a two. But then again, like I said, I haven't given After Dark the the reread or the proper rereading that I need to give it. But as for right now. Honestly, I think I rate, I just like. Two and a half. Two and a half to three. On Impulse, I just rated it um, a three. It's a two for me. I think After Dark was better because After Dark like also had that like sense of uh, just. Is this paranormal or not? Not 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 paranormal, <laughs> but just No, yeah. After Dark, despite the fact that it was a book where like literally there was no plot. Yeah. It still had more going. Like there like there was just so much information in this book that like did not need to be had. I yeah, I will agree it was an information overload. So I I I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this one. And I think that like After Dark like I just had a sense of this is not a bad book. It's just a book that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just a book that I think was beautifully written, but it, I understood all of it. It just, I didn't care. <laughs> and this is why we have this podcast. Because <sighs> read Haruki Murakami if you want just some beautifully written prose. Don't go to Haruki Murakami if you want things to happen. Nothing will ever happen in any of it. I mean, I can't say nothing will ever happen. I'm just making an assumption on these two. Nothing's going to happen. I can't. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I can't say anything against that. Also, read Haruki Murakami if you don't want to understand the ending. Do you have a suggestion this week? Or should I? Should I go first? You always go first. And you said that you weren't happy with yours. Yeah. So then I should go first. Are you happy with yours? Yeah, but it's not like deep. Like I'm not. Like mine's this not is more deep along either. the lines of like the the jalapeno cheddar bites. This isn't like a do something for you (laughs) (laughs) now you can go first good okay i've only seen these at whole foods but there's a brand Uh called skinny dipped and they're like yogurt covered almonds and they have oh my god i love yogurt covered things they have a brand they have a flavor that is lemon bliss oh shit they're like little lemon bomb almonds like they're so it it reminds me of it sounds phenomenal of my lemon cheese like it's more sour like the first bite i was like oh my god this is very sour like i don't understand i will just like <laughs> fucking nom on an entire bag in like 10 minutes they are so goddamn good lemon bliss oh, skinny shit. dipped almonds 
I got them at Whole Foods. I will try and get some. Well, I guess I'm not going to the office. But if I, I'm, I'm going to try and get some because, like, there's, I brought some home. And I was like, oh, Manny, I don't know if you'll like these, but, like, do you want to try one? And he took it. And he took the rest of the bag. He was like, I was like, <laughs> I was sad. I said, these are mine now. <laughs> these are mine now. Yeah. Because I, I was like going to share with him, but I was like hoping he wouldn't like them. They're so goddamn good. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of remind me of my, of like my lemon curd cheesecake, that like extra lemony fresh flavor. <sighs> yeah. So good. God, that cheesecake was so good. You're, you were so blurry. Just now, I I don't know what happened. You looked like <laughs> I saw it, but I didn't want to fix it. You looked like I was not wearing. I mean, I'm not wearing my glasses, but like you looked like what I imagine you see when you don't have <laughs> your glasses on. <laughs> Nothing. It's yeah, it's real blurry. Okay, what do you suggest? What's your suggestion? Get a good night's sleep, guys. Mm. Like you, you don't. You remember in in kindergarten when you hated taking naps? Yeah. Cherish, cherish that shit. Sleep is such a phenomenal thing that we go through that our that our body just needs. It it'll it'll improve your mood. It'll improve your your mental health. Yeah. It just makes you feel all around better. So, get a good night's sleep. I'm going to amend that to say you should get have good health sleep habits. Cuz I think some yeah, people have will good be sleep like habits. people will be like, "Oh, my sleep is my sleep cycle is bad." I'm actually calling out Kristoff right now. Be like my my sleep cycle. He's not, he doesn't actually listen to the podcast. So just like press play so we get the view, and then he doesn't actually listen. People will be like, "My sleep cycle is bad. My sleep habits are bad. Like I just can't fall asleep." Have a sleep routine. Every night at like 10 p.m. I actually need to put it on silent because we're still recording. But every night at 10 p.m. I have an alarm that goes off that tells me to like take care of Doc's litter stuff. At 10.30, I have an alarm that goes mm-hmm. off that's like, take care of your breakfast for tomorrow. Yep. And I try to at least get in bed. Like some, I don't always fall asleep, but like I try to be in bed before mm-hmm. 11 o'clock. And you're going to sleep so much better because your body's in a habit and in a routine. Solid. Guys, routine. Have a sleep routine. And it's going to make your have sleep Have a sleep better. routine. Even if you're like, oh, I have insomnia, get in bed. Yeah. Get in bed. And, tr- and put your phone away. And at try a not time. to use your right. phone. At least what, like at least thirty minutes before bed, something like that. Cut that out. An hour before bed, even. Android and Apple both have like sleep cycle things. My phone goes grayscale yeah. at eleven p.m. Oh yeah, my night mode. Uh, yes, kicks on at ten. I think to, to discourage me from using my phone, guys. Use it. Utilize like the parental controls, things like that. On your phone as an adult. Yeah. Very helpful. You can use parental controls even as an adult. Be your own parent. I'm your dad, That's but right. be your other parent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm your other dad. Be yeah. your own parent. We're your dads. Be your other parent. Listen to your two dads. We're in a throuple. And go to sleep on time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. Anything else you want to say to the people at home? No. Except, you know, thanks for listening. We love you. Yeah. And then go ahead, Maya, take it away. You can find us on Instagram at what did we just read, Twitter at what did we read, or you can email us at what we read podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to read along with us, see what books are coming up, or grab a copy of a book we've already finished, you can check out our book club page on Amazon Book Clubs. Just search for what did we just read. We also have a Facebook page. If you love us, give us a five star review. Share us with your friends. We love you. Keep listening. 
You can DM us, email us, talk to us. We are open to it. Slide in our DMs, baby. We will see you guys next week. We are going to be reading Get a Life, Chloe Brown, which I'm very excited for. Hey. We hope you guys have a good evening. Uh, afternoon. Morning. Ooh, dusk. <laughs> Dawn. <laughs> oh, shit. Midnight. <gasps> we hope you guys have a good undetermined amount of time. We love you guys and we will see you guys next week. Big loves. Bye. Bye.